This episode of Animation Aficionados is a completely unedited conversation that Ben and I had with Ben Heckendorn. We talk about movies, video games, and other off-topic nonsense. This is a follow-up to our Posthumous Woman review that we also released today. We're going to knock the commercials out right away and throw you right into the show. 2012 marks the 30th anniversary for Masters of the Universe. We here at the GCRN are celebrating with a brand new series of podcasts. The Powers of Grayskull series will cover every episode of every MOTU cartoon. Yes, even that crappy new adventure stuff. Join Optimus Solo and TFU and Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, and finally masters of Grayskull. You can find the Pogs podcasts in iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Good journey! The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. See, part of why I think uh, joysticks fail is just the way that they build them, you know, with all the stuffs in the base. And then once that sensor gets off kilter, it just doesn't ever sense true center again. I, I had one pair that once one joystick that worked really well where it was like reverse where all the guts were in the stick itself. It was by SciTech. It was really nice. Seemed to have kept center longer than the other ones. Yeah, in the past they used to have uh, more more variety in how they would sense the analog motion. Yeah, like the, the Dreamcast actually used magnetic Hall effect sensors, mm. or the Nintendo 64 used um, its analog stick actually used a rotary encoder, kind of like the click of the wheel on your mouse. Mm. But now everything is just a pair of uh, potentiometers that you know, eventually mechanically will break. Oh, that's my my favorite joystick ever was uh, Logitech uh, Wingman Pro because it, it really fit the hand well, but it was shit mechanically. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I remember that I actually I was in the high school and I actually opened it up and had to rebuild it, resolder it, and put it back together because it kept on failing after a year. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I did that with my old electric shaver. I kept it going as long as I could. The funny thing is, is we had an old Atari computer, and my mom had this red stick joystick that was so old, but it, it's kept on working. You're talking about the white cow, right? Yes. The, the quick shot one? It, it's red, red with a white button on the top of the stick and a red button on the corner. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the white cow. That, that thing was built. Yeah, mine only broke about two years ago. Now it's just kind of like a, a conversation piece that I have on the mantle. I still have my old Atari computer. It, mm. Some of it's... I had to replace its keyboard, though, and some other parts. Most of it's still original. Mm. Yeah. And I, I just installed Windows 8 on my laptop today. Yes, oh, my friend to... my friend was doing that today, too. It was only 15 bucks, so why not? <laughs> yeah, but if it's so... Great. Why is it only fifteen dollars to upgrade? I'm I'm not gonna bother. <laughs> no, actually, actually, after about an hour, you don't know. You don't know this anymore. 
Oh, okay. I'm 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 pro Windows. I I don't believe in the Apple tax, but I still I'm not convinced with Windows 8. Well, take it from a guy who I'm not I'm not exactly a techie actually. I'm just I'm a I'm a graphic designer if you must know. I'm a graphic designer that hates Apple, so I'm actually the rarest of rare breeds. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, weren't you brainwashed in school to love Apple? No, I was I was, my my dad was a network engineer and he raised me right. <laughs> well, that's why. But that's why most graphic designers are Apple people, is because that's what they get. That's what the school tells them to use. I know. So and like, I well, let me tell you about a story from school. This is a good story. Um, there was there was a there was an Apple G four that wasn't working, and uh, yes, they couldn't. It couldn't read a disc, and it was not mine. It, it wasn't the one assigned to me. It was some assigned to a classmate. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll take a look at it. So we, we powered it out. I pulled the, I pulled the power cable off, set it on side, opened it up. And, you know, it was just a simple thing. The cable got loose from the, from the, the disc drive. So I just pushed it in, you know, plopped it back up, powered it back on. And it worked. And then the teacher says, I don't want you ever doing that again. Wait, who said that? The teacher. Oh, <laughs> Well, the argument I always have with people, it's like, you know, you can get Adobe Creative Suite, and it's the same goddamn thing on a PC as a Mac, and some things like Final Cut Pro, you know, Mac's completely botched that, so people have actually kind of swung back to other editing suites. It's it's the I, it's the iOSization of OS X, which is yeah. hilarious to me. It's like, well, we got to well, make it stupider is, and stupider. Isn't that what Windows 8 is about, too? You still have desktop. Okay. But I think it's funny, uh, when we started the Ben Heck show, um, uh, well, I've been using Adobe Premiere for video editing since 1996, so I'm just kind of used to it. But, you know, everyone's like, oh, Final Cut Pro. But uh, so when we started the show, you know, I said to my assistant, I'm like, well, like when I, when I hired her, she had experience with Premiere. And I'm like, OK, that's good, because, you know, everyone like uses Final Cut. But now, you know, I feel like, you know, tr- slow and steady wins the race because now people are pissed at Final Cut and they're like starting to go back to Adobe, at least for that. So. Well, actually, Adobe did a really good job of saying, if you bought Final Cut, we'll give you Premiere half off. <laughs> well, it's a good strategy, you know. It's a, well, yeah. it's it's one of Apple's strengths is they can build a really good software product, first of all. That's number one. Number two is when the competition stumbles, they are able to mobilize and jump. Like, uh you might you might have ever worked in desktop publishing, but there there was this program that every newspaper in the world used Quark about expressed. Quark, yeah. Yep. And so you know this story. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to be a graphic artist too. I know all about that stuff. And yeah, what I loved is just how you know that was when Creative Suite One was out, and Adobe packaged it to practically give InDesign away. Well, because CS1 was pretty shitty. They didn't really find their footing until, like, CS3, I think it was. But But CS1 flew off the shelves, and InDesign, in, like, two, three years, was in every every shop I knew about. So Quark is dead? That's interesting. Well, let me put it this way. Um, Last year, I worked at GameStop Corporate for about, uh, for most of the year. I I I was doing their email marketing. Uh-huh. And the guys doing all the magazine stuff, they, they were all in InDesign. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, be- I believe it. Oh, there's that damn thing. God, I was looking for this. God, it was under a bag of connectors. Sorry, I'm looking around my desk. Yeah, it's a, Neil seemed to have misunderstood and thought that we were going to do a whole show talking about the Android. No, I just wanted to do it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
sometimes you do get off. Nah, yeah, come yeah. on, Neil. So there I was, was uh, there was oh. the video game episode where you guys were talking about phones for like an hour, and I was like, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Neil. I, 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 that's I, okay. I don't hold a grudge. I was just being funny. So uh, I, went, I, I am an Android guy. I went to a uh, Halloween party yesterday, and the guy's like, "Okay, the theme is zombies. You gotta have zombie theme." So I, I grabbed as many iPods as I could find, and like Apple stickers and buttons. And then he's like, "What kind of zombie are you?" I'm like, "I'm, I'm an Apple fan. See, it's buy everything, you know, thoughtlessly." And uh, and then I was, <laughs> it was funny because I had all that garb on, and then I was showing my friend uh, a Nexus, the Nexus phone that I have. So. Oh, you have the the G Nex or the or the or the X. uh the one the one that you can buy off google for 350 like yeah that's the, that's the galaxy nexus it's my phone as well i love stock oh yeah yeah i i know a friend of mine has the uh verizon lte version of it which i guess sucks battery like ass but uh yeah I'm, i've been really happy with it i got the straight talk sim and uh, i have no regrets thus far yeah it's i i am i i love i love just stock android because i think all the skins and stuff once you peeled all away android is extremely easy to use it the funny thing is for years i've been hearing from apple kool-aid drinkers i, I will call them <laughs> about about how easy an, an iphone is and all this and then and then at work i'm designing mobile websites and stuff and they're like well we need to get you some te some test equipment ben so on my at my desk my desk looks like a, a phone store i have a blackberry thing that no one's gonna buy anymore i have a windows phone i have a yeah. i have an iphone and for Android, just use my phone because of my phone's an Android. And when I had to start this this iPhone up and set it up and stuff, I was amazed at how counterintuitive it was. Hmm, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a virtual I've, I've, keyboard, and when you're typing caps, it doesn't show caps. And when you're typing lowercase, it doesn't switch to lowercase. It just, it's just always what it is. And I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I never know. I have an iPad. I don't have an iPhone. But you're right. That's true. And I'm like... That's counterintuitive. That that's something that that uh, Android has had since uh, Cupcake. Well, I mean, don't tell anyone. I mean, there's plenty of features. Uh, Apple didn't invent, you know, the universe. Uh, if you look at, you know, Microsoft, like everybody has copied the Metro UI styling. I mean, you see that everywhere now. Um, just like the, you know, the typeface and the, the look of it. Android certainly invented a lot of stuff, and well, that's why I was my I had a HTC Evo 4G, that original one. Nice phone. Yeah, it's stupidly low program space, and you can only. Yeah, it is a nice phone, but uh, but then my contract was up, and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, well, I should be like the prime demo. Uh, my contract's up, and the iPhone four uh, five was coming out, and you know, I really thought, you know, I, I was like, well, I'm gonna wait and see what it is, and I'm like, oh, uh, it's an Android from at least a year ago. Who gives a shit? I'll buy a Nexus. <laughs> well, the funny thing about the the uh, the the five is it's it's actually the sixth. And I actually tried to explain yeah. to someone. I even told, I even counted the models with my hand, and he looked confused at me. Well, if they would have called the iPhone 4S the 5, people would have had a shit a shit storm over how little changed. <laughs> Although, you know, again, you know, if you're if you're uh, if all you buy are Apple phones, you probably think the iPhone 5 is great. But if you are a phone independent, so to speak, they're a political joke. You realize that it's it's just you know it's quite ordinary. I mean, the screen is nice. Well, the uh, the Nexus has a screen that you, you know it's it's 316 pixels per inch. It it is a good screen. It's an AMOLED, so the blacks are clearer. Yeah, it's but it's not as good as an iPhone screen. I mean, we're we're talking about we're talking about minute measurements now. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, the funny thing, if we talk about screens, is uh, the 
the iPad 2 shrunk down. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the iPad Mini is basically. It, yeah, that's that's a, it's it's 18 month old technology. It has a lower pixel per inch count than the Nexus 7, and it's 120 bucks more. But it'll still sell like hotcakes. Maybe Kool-Aid. I'll. <laughs> well, I'm 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 glad they made it because I have an iPad 2. I guess it could be worth thinking about an iPad 3. It could have been like the redheaded stepchild of the Apple family. Which iPad 3? Because now there's two of them. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's, it's like it's the iPad 3. It's the Matrix 3. It's Batman 3. It's like just put a number on things and it's much easier. Uh, but <laughs> that's what they should. No, uh, but now since basically the iPad mini is just like the iPad 2 shrunken down, that means there'll probably be a little bit more life for my iPad 2. But people, the funny thing is they didn't put all the features of iOS 6 on the iPad 2, but they will on the mini, even though it's the same hardware. Oh, but the Apple people will say, oh, Siri Siri can't be on the iPhone 4 because it doesn't have a microphone array and blah, blah, blah. You know, people talk about fragmentation in Android. I mean, if you have an iPad 1, you're basically shit out of luck. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that won't even run on it. Yeah, they, uh, it's yeah like the update. It's half years old. The update changes your version number. Hmm. You know, Google could have done that, too, but they decided, no, we're not going to cheat people. I saw a Nexus 7, a tablet. They're, they're Actually, I, I was a lot more impressed than it with the Kindle Fire when I saw that. I'm like, this isn't that great, but Nexus 7 is nice. Yeah, people, people are going to pay $120 more to have an Apple logo and less RAM. I mean, they will – yeah, so basically they're going to pay money and have less RAM for an Apple logo. Well, the funny thing is I'm holding my Nexus 7 in my hand right here, and I noticed that when I was holding it, it was like, oh, this is Star Trek time because I have a tablet that I'm, I'm holding that I'm able to read stuff, and I am comfortable to throw. I'm comfortable enough with it to throw it on my couch, like throw it on my couch when I'm done with it. Versus yeah, you can like, you can, like with it. fit those in your pocket almost. Oh, not almost. They do fit in the pocket. They do. I, I can attest to that. They do fit in the pocket. Maybe I could. My sister my sister calls me up. She's like, Ben, buy me an iPad for Christmas. And I'm like, Christ, have your husband buy you one. But if I, maybe I could get her a cheap iPad. Well, then when her niece comes over, my niece comes over, you know, and then she, like, plays with my iPad. She's not very gentle with it. I'm like, well, you're not touching my fucking iPad. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's it like I said, it's funny that in six months they made the the third iPad obsolete with with one with a with a with a better processor, more RAM, and oh, the, the new uh, lightning connector. Like lightning jack, the uh, all your peripherals are out of date, Jack. Okay, granted that old jack was too big; most of the stuff wasn't used anymore. But oh God, there's like a microprocessor in the cable for the lightning jack adapter. That, that's just to lock it out. I know, but that's the kind of shit that if any other company did, people would throw a shit fit. But Apple gets away with it? Well, actually, that's the kind of shit that I'm surprised the European trade union isn't getting all pissy about. The same people that made it to where all smartphones had to use the micro USB, but let's Apple get away with whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same EU that, you know, cripples. Well, not cripples, but, you know, Windows would love to give you all sorts of free software with Windows, just like Mac has. But they can't because of things like the European Union and the antitrust agreements. It's like at what point at what point does Apple get into the point where they will be, you know, getting into antitrust issues? Well, they really won't because, you know, don't tell anyone, you know, one of the half the reason Apple sued so Samsung is because they're getting their clock cleaned and in retail as far as the phones are concerned. So, well, the, the other problem is uh, is is let's let's look at it here. An iOS phone can only use the Safari browser and all other browsers basically using the last version of WebKit, not the Safari WebKit, but the last version of WebKit with a skin on it. Mm-hmm. That's the only browser that you, you can use. Yeah, that sounds a lot more prohibitive than what Microsoft did with Internet Explorer. A lot more. 
Well, you can install whatever you want on your computer. You know, I don't use Internet Explorer. I use Firefox, although it's kind of starting to blow it out, so I might switch to Chrome. I love Chrome. Yes, yeah, is Chrome synchronized to your phone bookmarks or something? I Yo, it's it's like using this exact same session. Okay, I just wish that Chrome on my PC had like you know a tool. Uh, I I looked into some plugins. You know, so you could have like a drop down uh, bookmark bar, but nothing I've really found that pleases me so far. Well, other bookmarks drops down when you click on. Well, here here you go. So here's your here's your Android talk. I guess we did talk about Android. <laughs> well, yes, it did. That that was pretty much it, other than one file note, and then we'll move on to the show. Oh, yeah, that's uh, okay. One file note is uh, Chrome OS good for old. Good for like your elderly parents. Oh yeah, yeah. Because now it's finally at a reasonable price to buy one. You mean the Chrome OS laptop? Yeah, two fifty. That's in the bottom kind of falling out in the notebook market though. It's been consumed by tablets. That's true, but two fifty for a notebook you won't miss that you can give to like a a, a parent that's not very tech savvy to just browse the web. So a couple of years ago, I was talking to my sister and like, hey, what should we get mom for Mother's Day? And she's like, let's get her a digital camera. And I'm like, no. It's like, I do not want to have to show her to use a digital camera. Let's just buy her a ring or something. Because my, mo- my mom is so untech savvy that she, when she fills up an SD card, she buys a new one. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. However, well, they're so cheap. It's actually not that dumb. But <laughs> still. I showed her how to copy them to her computer. That doesn't, doesn't matter. Well, yeah. My mom... Th- my mom thought about buying an iPad. I told her, well, if you get it, I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to help you with it at all. I won't even touch it. Yep, yep. I I know exactly what you're talking about. But, yeah, let's see here. I tried um, explaining SD cards to my mother. and she, It's uh, like a floppy, I, but smaller. Well, she still uses floppy. She's, she's still using three and a quarter. I'm like, what are you doing? It, <laughs> just try that. It's like a floppy, but smaller. Yeah, I tried to explain it. it right over the head. Almost cheaper now. I mean, they're yeah. so cheap. Um, so you wanted to talk about? Uh, oh yeah, talk about the independent filmmaking or something. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna. Um, yeah, we didn't really have a structure in mind just because we uh, we we were trying to get you on for like more cartoon talk, but we changed the topic to movies. So probably talk oh, yeah, about your right. movies <laughs> or or our favorite movies or something like that. We'll probably just kind of. Let the conversation well, yeah, flow listen, any way it goes. I listened to your podcast where you, you reviewed my epic uh, possum movie. Yeah, I I tried for so long to get these guys to watch it, and we finally we were we started this like shitty movie night with uh, <laughs> oh yeah those are with fun. Kitty Hawk. You know, it's like once a month we just all sit down and watch a streaming movie together, and I was like, we gotta watch this one, <laughs> and they you loved it. It was a hit. I. Uh... I personally think that uh, I've, I also have seen a lot of shitty movies because we used to do that too. And uh, I think Posthumous Woman is better made than a lot of those. It's certainly better made than something like Thanksgiving or uh, oh, yeah. The Room. Yeah. And, you know, there's not 18 sex scenes in it like The Room. So. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Oh, yeah. How's your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you we were. Be a part, Lisa. <laughs> I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi. <laughs> the thing is, but the, yeah, you see those clips on YouTube, but then when you actually see the movie, you don't realize you have to sit through. I think it's literally like four different sex scenes of like yeah. some 55-year-old guy's ass and like some woman. That's, yeah, the man, movie I, is not that not that enjoyable to watch. It's, I no. know. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> I personally, my favorite shitty movie is probably Dungeons and Dragons with Jeremy Irons and Thor. Oh my god! Let's he, talk about Jerry, Jeremy Irons. Uh, he phoned that in. Uh, I saw. He comes in like his first scene. He comes in the room with his arms outstretched, like he's in a runway. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Catwoman's pretty good too. Oh god. Yeah, it's uh, one thing I remember is. Uh, my friend Jason and I sat down once to watch Aragon. We've never seen it before. And my, I don't drink, but my friend Jason does. And I said to Jason, okay, you take a shot every time they rip off Star Wars. He was on the floor after like 15 minutes. <laughs> Hammered. Well, you know, it's not that they're ripping off Star Wars so much. They're ripping off, you know, Heroes Journey and Monomyth. But yeah. yeah. Oh, we, we watched that movie for shitty movie night. What, who was slumming in that one? John Malkovic? Was that correct? And Jeremy Irons. Oh, my. Uh, and uh, so. Wait, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And half the humor we get when we watch shitty movies is just like from what we all say. And the uh, the dragon was voiced by uh, some girl, Ra- Rachel Wise from The Mummy. And uh, anyway, the dragon says to Aragon, she's like, you are my rider. And my friend says, uh, <laughs> my friend says, Dan Aronofsky, her husband, you are my rider. <laughs> so the best one. Ah, uh, shit. Uh, Thunderbirds with uh, Bill Paxton and uh, that live-action version of the puppet thing. Yeah, who was who was the guy who did the puppet thing, Neil? Thing. Um, all, all those all those like Thunderbirds and a couple of movies as well. Like he was oh. trying to make puppets big time. He was yeah. a British guy. I remember that. I, I'm actually old enough to remember that being on TV. I mean, that was like long ago, but. I God, remember I the movie remember. did, the, the full-length non-Thunderbirds movie about, like, aliens and stuff and a candle burning on the length of naval minutes. I don't know. I know. These are really weird things I remember, but I remember them. <laughs> but uh, that was uh, – I think Ben Kingsley was in that, too, because Ben Kingsley is secretly in every bad movie ever, although he's getting a little better. Don't say that, Iron Man 3. I know, I know. Prince of Persia also was – pretty decent but he was in you know species and uh a sound of thunder thunderbirds video uh, game tie-in movies yeah prince he's of persia the- is actually one of the best which one prince of persia yeah i agree uh it was formulatic but it worked but no i i agree it was uh i don't know i sat first- through wing commander oh god you know, actually, I think one of the shittiest movies I've ever seen, and we did for shitty movie night, was Super Mario Brothers. I almost could not get through it. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're hooked on the brothers? I almost turned that movie off, like, 30 seconds in. It was that... It's that, terrible! That opening cartoon, I was like, I cannot believe this is the movie. And I, like, I just about turned it off. It was like if, if, it, was, if it, it was like as if the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was done completely wrong. That's <laughs> what Mario Brothers was like. Like aliens or something? Oh my god! They're like tourists in New York, and then they see. I think a Legend of Zelda movie would be a big hit, but Nintendo will never make it. Never. Did you see the fake IGN trailer for what Zelda? Yeah, Yeah. the Zelda movie that. Oh, it sounds familiar. I don't know if I've actually seen it. It was an April Fool's joke, but they actually put some money behind it. It looks pretty much like it'd be a a faithful Zelda adaptation, so we knew it couldn't be true. And. He, he doesn't talk one once ever in the trailer. Yeah, Link is silent, and uh, their Ganondorf yeah. look pretty much like Ganondorf. Because if he opened his mouth, it would be. Uh... He look. He would sound like Wildcat. Uh. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, but, you know, if they made that movie, they probably tried to have Orlando Bloom be Link. I mean, you just know they would. He was already Link. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, like I, you know, like I said last week, I'm a, I am a big Wing Commander fan. So the Wing Commander movie, the saddest thing is the guy who actually made the games wrote and directed the movie. Oh, uh, well, Chris Carter, creator of X-Files, did that dreadful Electra movie with Jennifer Gardner. So anything's possible. But it's it was his own franchise. See, it's I don't know if you know any of the backstory behind Wing Commander at all. I remember that it was a game with a lot of live action footage and uh, Luke Skywalker was in it and John Rice Davies, right? Yes. Well, the, uh, the you know Chris Roberts made the games back in 1990 with Origin Systems, EA, and uh, he he had a falling out with Origin, but in his contract it specifically said that he get he gets to write and direct any feature film on Wing Commander. So he was kicked out the door, started his own company to make uh, Freelancer, the, the other space sim he made. And uh, he had the full artistic license on Wing Commander when he was kicked out the door. And I heard it was a pretty sour split up. So, you know, he, he was that, like, I'm going to kill my creation. <laughs> uh, well, go, uh, Prince of Persia, the script was co-written by Jordan Mechner, the original programmer. So that was another example. And now they've got a hard-on to make Assassin's Creed for some reason with Michael Fassbender because he's totally Arabian. Well, it's going gonna, it's, well, it's gonna to kind of kill it when you find out you're watching a movie about a guy sitting in a magic chair. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they'll, they'll, play, they'll be like, oh, it's, uh, it's uh, Lawrence of Arabia meets The Matrix. You know, I'm sure that's how the pitch meeting went. But actually, the funny thing is the game revealed that in the first five minutes. Yeah, but if you remember when that game came out, nobody knew that they just thought it was like some medieval, you know, sword movie. They didn't realize or game. They didn't realize it was a. Uh, it had that weird twist with the so, animus or whatever it was called. Yeah, you're you're a bartender named Desmond sitting in a magic chair watching the memories of far more interesting people. Uh huh. Yeah, basically. So you know, Michael Fassbender is going to be at a bar, like waiting tables, and be like, "Last call, buddy." And then the guy will look up from his drink and be like, "No." You are the destiny. Come with me. And then, like, some guy will come up and, like, the, the chick, you know, because she'll be, like, the love interest. She'll come up in chloroform, you know, Michael Fassbender. And he'll be like, Chlorophyll. Chloroform is what's in plants. Or is it the other no, way? No, it's the other way around. Okay, pardon me. My correction was wrong. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I had that happen to me a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, you know, after my technical mastery of Possumus Woman, I certainly know about chloroform and chemicals and stuff. And Possum <laughs> Gone Spray. Scat. <laughs> possum. Oh, the possum you know, gone spray. <laughs> the, uh, we had that bag of mud to simulate the uh, possum poop, and we stuck the multimeter in it, and we actually got a voltage out of it. That was kind of, I remember that. That was interesting. Probably had something to do with electrolytes or something. So, yeah, I guess, do you want to talk about the independent film or that movie? Or... I think we already started the show. Okay, so yeah. you, you are recording, so you have all Yeah, those... we are recording. Yeah, let's just go ahead and skip the intro, because this is kind of like an offbeat episode anyway. People yeah, know who it's... we are. Yeah, and uh, everyone knows who you are, Ben. It's uh, You are one of our geek heroes. I loved I loved your uh, your spinning spoon invention, by the way. Spinning spoon? Oh, for the stove? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we, the uh, Benster or whatever we called that. Yeah, we were watching a whole bunch of those this morning, but but yeah, Possumus Woman. Uh, God, where where did it begin on that? Um. <laughs> well, I, the backstory was um, we made this first movie called Possumus Man uh, long ago, and that actually started out. <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but we wanted to make our own version of House on Haunted Hill. 
of course, this back then that was when there was only the original version, you know, with uh, Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yeah, we want to make a movie where there's a creature attacking a cabin, and uh, and we were trying to make it serious, and we did a really bad job at it because I, I was only like 19 at the time. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and uh, we did a really bad job of it. And many years later, like 12 years later, I I was like, you know what? I bet that movie would be better if I could just edit it better. So I scanned all the footage into my modern computer and like re-edited it, took out a bunch of shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's not half bad. And, you know, my friend Dale, who uh, plays the sleazy resort owner in the sequel, he's like, yeah, Ben, you made that movie watchable. That was his, uh, <laughs> his, glo- his, yeah, his glowing recommendation. It's like Dale Nortz of uh, Fistful of Reviews says watchable. <laughs> Well, that like reminds me. That reminds Rob me of, Schneider movie blurb, you know. <laughs> but that reminds me of a, of a of a quote from uh, from the production of Manos, where oh. every time everything went bad, anything went bad with the shoot, the guy who was making the movie always says, "Oh, don't worry, we'll fix we'll fix that in post." There's this there's this there's this uh, film house in Dallas that's gonna fix all this in post, and it, he kept kept on saying this, and the actors kept on thinking, "Holy shit, do they have like magic there in Dallas?" Yeah. 45 years ago or whenever that movie was made. Well, you see, they had a, uh, a Kickstarter to restore that movie because they found the original negatives. Silly as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think he wanted 40 grand. He made like 75 grand. So, they, yeah, they're scanning it all at, at 2K for visual negatives because I guess it's the movie doesn't look as shitty as we usually see it, like on Mystery Science Theater. So it should be interesting. Wow. But it doesn't work without just without those guys commenting, you know, the haunting Torgo theme. <laughs> Yeah, because that movie is really bad. <laughs> so and how, how long was large knees? I guess. <laughs> well, they, that in post all the that movie, everything their camera didn't even have sound, and I think they were using like Super Eight or something, so they could only shoot for like two minutes at a time per cartridge. Mm-hmm. So all the voices were re-recorded by like two guys and one woman, even oh. though there's obviously more than three characters in the movie. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. You're asking a question. Yeah, so how long was Posthumous Woman originally? Because it's like a half hour, the oh, special Pos- edition. This is the first one? Or the, fo- the Posthumous Man, yeah. It was like 45 minutes. Oh, wow. It, it takes so long to make footage. I, uh, speaking of Mystery Science Theater, uh, we did a video two weeks ago for the Pinball Expo in Chicago. And we took all these old pinball uh, industry promotional videos. We edited them down and we put in jokes and then... My friend has two perfect. He has a perfect Tom and Servo replica. They work and everything. So we, you know, did our own riff of those. And he's like, "Yeah, we should make the video like 20 minutes long, 20 minutes long." And I think we barely got it to be 11 minutes long. It takes so long to do anything. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I cut out some crappy scenes from that and made it move a little faster. And there's some things I just couldn't fix, but I didn't put that much work in. Yeah, my recommendation for Posthumous Woman is that it's basically like. Evil Dead 2, where it's it's a sequel, but it's also kind of a remake. A lot of the jokes are moved from one movie to the next, and it, overall, it's like a retelling, but also a sequel at the same time. So, but done it, better. Yeah, it's Evil my Dead recommendation Evil is better. my recommendation is that you could just watch Posthumous Woman, and you don't have yeah. to watch Posthumous Man. I, uh, likewise, I prefer uh, Evil Dead to the uh, to the first one. The first one just I don't know. I I've never really cared for it that yeah. much, but I love the second one. And now they're remaking that for fuck's sake. Well, they already did a musical. <sighs> yeah, that's true. But yeah. yeah, the remake doesn't look very interesting. I'm sure it will have none of the fun. But you know what's <laughs> gonna happen at the end? 
it'll probably be mechanical. You know, it'll like it'll be the same cabin like in modern days. So you know, like a 53 year old Bruce Campbell can show up and say, "Told you, you shouldn't have come here," and then cut to credits. That was that was my guess. That was what was going to happen too. I think everyone is going to see that coming. But uh, but when we're talking about Evil Dead and and uh, it, it's all it's all about to me the third one. The third one's the, the my favorite. Oh yes, Army of Darkness. The medieval dead. <laughs> what what is, what is that called in Japan? Like supermarket man or something? Captain Supermarket. That's it. <laughs> I could have been king, but in my own way, I am king. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. So back to the possum woman. So then, many years later, um, it was spring of 2008, and uh, where I was working on this project with my friends. And we were uh, trying to pass the time. We started talking about possumous sequel ideas. And so we came up with this idea. Well, it has to be a woman this time because there's a man. So it's a female possum, even though it was a robot originally. And, oh, yeah. it's And Neil made the foretaste joke. We'll get to that. But Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to have – well, I can tell you about the ending I wanted to have, but we saved for another movie when the time comes. Uh, well, I guess I can tell you about that now. Uh, I wanted to have the possum, the possumous woman be pregnant. So after she fell off the cliff, her unborn baby possum was going to crawl to it out of her uterus, and we we're going to have to fight that too. But we're going to we're saving that for another movie we have called Alien Hunter. That was that was the ending to Planet Hulk. Oh, was it? Okay then. The comic book, not the movie. It's uh, really really short. Of Planet Hulk is the Hulk was launched into space onto a planet because he was too dangerous for Earth. You know, usurped a king. They had a lot of interesting, cool characters that you that the audience gets to love. And then a bomb lands on the planet, blows the planet the fuck up, and Hulk wants revenge. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, his his girlfriend dies, but her her dead body is you know her the husk of the dead body opens up, and there's the baby. <laughs> uh. And that's really how Planet Hulk ends. All right. Well, <laughs> I so wish I would have done it. Um, oh well. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Do you have any questions about the movie or anything that you were curious about? I know it kind of speaks. For I have stuff. a theory on what the most expensive shot was. Okay, let's hear it. It's when the SUV hits the the possumous woman and runs over the cliff. I think that was the most expensive shot. Well, we faked the cliff part. Um, well, well, obviously it was computerized, but it, yeah, it, was... it wasn't. It wasn't that we. It wasn't that we weren't willing to drive a car off a cliff. It's just hard to find a cliff you can drive a car off of, if that makes any sense. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> well, someday we're going to do it, damn it. And I really like that 1911 you had. Oh, yeah, to fight the possum with? Yeah, it's I'm a, I am a gun guy as well as other things, and I, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's a 1911. It's a nice-looking one, too. Yeah, it's a really nice <laughs> one. It has the uh, wood wood uh, wood checkered grips, and it's a, it's an actual Colt, too. It's fucking loud as hell. Well, people, people don't realize they see the movies how loud guns are in reality, especially pistols. Yeah, I have I have a couple of forty fives as well, so it's uh, I I do know. Well, that uh, okay. So you're saying just when the car hit the possum, and, and it goes uh, over the cliff. I That's... don't think that was the most. Exp- I'm trying to think what the most expensive shot was. Shot or scene? Probably oh. scene. Just just that whole final well, battle. We uh, when we had the big shootout, that was. We just told a bunch of people, like, hey, anyone that wants to come and film for a day and shoot the hell out of a possum that's, like, motorized, <laughs> just, that was bring your own ammo. 
So I didn't actually pay for any of that. I mean, if I would have, I mean, I'm sure they, you know, shot at least $400 of ammo in that scene. Oh, wow. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. You know, strangely enough, I think one of the more expensive scenes was the, was the beginning of the movie with that cabin. That The scene that was, like, really poor because everyone was drunk. Oh, yeah. He probably spent the most money on that, believe it or not, unfortunately. Because it was, well, like, it was... the most money out of, like, $900 or whatever I spent on it. Well, it was money well spent. I couldn't stop laughing. And uh, what I loved was the guy throwing gasoline everywhere. and he... Oh, Dale? Yeah, and Dale. he couldn't find a light to light the... the... Resort. Oh, there's tiki torches right there. Yeah. Yeah. There are four tiki torches that we kept moving to make it look like we had a whole bunch of tiki torches. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the co- the possum costume was God. It was it was not cheap because, uh, I, I, yeah, you were wondering about it on on your review, and the possum costume itself was actually a uh, uh, camouflage ghillie suit like the snipers wear in Call of Duty. Yeah, I, I realized that afterwards. Yeah, it was it was a really neat suit, and then. The head was uh, aluminum frame, and then it had, I think, rabbit fur or some sort of cloth from Hobby Lobby. And the eyes were actually tricky. They're actually um, fake security cam domes from Radio Shack. Mm. Yeah. They worked, though. I need to make a better head for part three because it, the head was very hot. I, I didn't wear it. Uh, my friend Jones did, but mm. it was Cont- very hot. Contact the guy who did the rocket fire explosion. He has, like, animatronics laying everywhere. Oh, God. Oh, he's yeah. Not, he's not using them. Well, I know that the next one's, well, we're not going to do it for a while because, you know, like, oh, we got to wait 13 years between sequels. It's like the first two. But it's going to be Possumous Men. The government's going to clone possums. And at which point they'll become easier to kill. See also aliens. Mm. And the Secret Service agent is going to, he'll be alive again. He'll be a weird possum. So when the moon comes out, he's a, a killer possum. When the moon goes away, he's a human. Mm. So we're going to have a, a fight between me and him. And when <laughs> there'll be clouds moving in and out in front of the moon. So he'll be beating the shit out of me, and then the clouds will cover up, and then I'll be beating the shit out of him, and you know, we'll have a whole sequence based off that premise. That still sounds better than that werewolf sequence in Van Helsing. Oh, God. That movie, all they had to do is make Castlevania the movie, but no! <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that a sequel could be like, uh, Grady McDonough is actually dead, but it's his wife, and the possum is hunting the family, going after the the bloodline and oh you mean like wait. jaws 4 yeah and then the and wife has dri- a flashback that the of the husband in a scene that she never saw yeah and she drives into the possum at like five miles an hour and for some reason it makes the possum explode <laughs> well everyone knows that a poss uh, where possum's weakness is anodized aluminum used in the grills of cars <laughs> uh, do you ever we we watch that for shitty movie night? If you freeze frame the actual shark exploding, it's terrible. <laughs> I guess it was a reshoot. I guess they reshot it to make the shark shark explode to give it yeah. a Is that the one where Michael Caine crashes the plane into the shark and then shows up dry and like oh that yes. yeah yeah oh, that that ended like a time. That is a bad movie. Yeah, but literally the exploding. I mean, it's like on screen for like two frames before it explodes. But it looks like something a kid would do in a science fair filled with baking soda. It was, yeah, that's a the bad. original cut is on YouTube and it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, it is. I can't believe someone cut that together and thought that it was going to be good. Well, you know what Michael Caine says? He's like, I've never seen Jaws before and I've heard it's terrible, but the house it bought is quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's his, his quote for that movie. Yes. Uh, 
but yeah, oh gosh, I'm trying to, yeah, so that opening scene was kind of expensive just because we had to, like, travel. Because my friend's like, oh, uh, my, my rich asshole friend has a cabin. Uh, we could film there, and there's got a lot of people there. I'm like, oh, free production value. But we got some good shots, but then everyone was, like, drunk, so we had a real hard time, you know, having the possibility <laughs> to kill a couple people. But yeah. though. The one, the one guy who had his girlfriend had a really nice ass. She, uh, he wasn't, he, they weren't too drunk, so I was able to kill them in the bush. But that was rough. That scene was really rough. I heard that you, you were. Uh, I think you mentioned this on the podcast where you were gonna have the possum come down out of a tree upside down and grab someone and then pull it back up. Oh. But somehow yeah, you it's couldn't just, figure out how to do it. <laughs> well, it's usually it's more a case of it's not worth the trouble. Yeah. Because as you correctly pointed out in your review, our goal is not to make a good movie. Our goal is to make an entertaining movie. And uh, I, I especially like the the girl laughing. You know, it's heading towards the resort. Oh well, I'm sure she was drunk when we. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that whole scene is funny. If, I I was trying to point out in the chat. I'm like, okay, there's a Wilhelm scream coming up. <laughs> I think there was one when the guy gets yeah. pulled off the boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that had... guy, that's the guy who owned the cabin. He was such a dick. Oh. He was really drunk. And he had just gotten the brand new Razor 2. And I think he, like, dropped in the lake or something. And then he was drunk, and he was driving his pontoon past all these other pontoons and, like, ensnaring people's anchors. And he didn't care because he was drunk. Ugh. <laughs> oh. But then, then I'm like, hey, so we had the possum tail. Then I'm like, put this possum tail around your neck and jump off the boat. And then I then I animated the rest of the tail, and then I did a match move. Uh, so I think I'd been drinking, too, because that's the only explanation for why I was wading in, like, four feet of water with, like, a $5,000 camera. <laughs> Somehow we made it. Well, it looked, it looked like it was shot with a $5,000 camera. I mean, I've seen other amateur movies on the internet that have been shot with far worse that cost far, far more money. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Panasonic P2. I mean, it was, it was a pretty new camera too at that time. Uh, it's a good camera. That's one we use on the Ben Heck show as well. It's obviously it's out of date now, but uh, back. Well, I've been doing digital video since like oh god, 1996, and it used to be like capturing footage sucked balls. So when you get to cameras where they're all solid state and just copy to your computer via USB cord, it's like oh thank god. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, the camera, it's nice because you can shoot it at 24 frames a second like a real movie. And, it, you know, it helps it, makes it look a little better. Yeah, it it, it was, it does look really nice. It's, uh, you know, it made me go, I've, I've, like I said, I've seen far worse done with far more money. And I've, it, it's really nice to see something that looks, you know, visually legible with none of the fuzziness and stuff that you expect from a webcam. Like I said, it's, a, it's actually in HD, which I was like, wow. Oh. Yeah, we well we it was it's, we shot it at 720 just because we would have a little bit more options. Uh, 720 in that camera you can actually shoot in real slow motion, which I don't think we ever used, but we wanted that option. If I do another movie, I'll probably get uh, I might get Sony's new uh, 3D uh, HVC HD cam. Hmm. So, yeah. I actually know a company near where I live that built a 3D camera rig. They two cameras uh, in the stereo, basically. Or? Yeah, well, where one is like, uh, like pointing down into into like a a, bat, a box of mirrors. Yeah, it's a yeah. They they made big news about it. It was uh, they showed me a 3D television uh, a demonstration because I was doing their newsletter for them, and uh, it's really nice actually. You know, uh, you put on the glasses, and you know when you see the stereoscopic 3D versus the uh, 
the bullcrap uh, post 3D. It's it's night and day. So here's what I want to know. You go to the grocery store and you buy peanut butter and it says this product may contain peanuts or this causes cancer in California and blah, all the warning labels that you know, it has to be on consumer products. Mm-hmm. But Hollywood can put out a fake fucking 3D movie like Avengers and label it as a real 3D movie. Well, actually, the funny thing is, did you listen to the commentary track of Avengers yet? Uh, I did because I'm a huge geek. So any movie I've seen in the theater, when I buy the Blu-ray, I watch <laughs> the first time I watch it is with commentary. J- Josh, I love you, Josh, but but I heard you. I heard you say that post 3D was better, and you're wrong. Yeah, because he's like he's like, well, we gotta we gotta have big open spaces because you know we're shooting for 3D. It's like, no, you didn't shoot in 3D. <laughs> you you did post work. It post 3D looks off to me. It's it's like we're going to do the post work on this one object. And only this one object. Everything else is going to be pretty much the way it is. Well, I'm like, yeah. There's no it, way it can look the same because you have to basically rotoscope all the elements. I was like, just get a 3D fucking camera. I mean, Christ. Like, put a second look- camera on the rig and you're done. <sighs> yeah, I yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, well, and, the th- and the thing is, Joss is complaining about, well, well, we tried to do the traditional 3D the stereoscopic rig and it was much too difficult. I'm like, it's the same rig with a second camera. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Joss, don't fuck with me. I know what it is. Uh, what was it? Piranha 3D or whatever was Double fake D. 3D? Yeah. I didn't. I went to that, and I, I didn't realize it was fake 3D. And it's a, I don't know how anyone can't not tell the difference. It's like, oh, look, here's my hair. Some of my hair is in the foreground, but the rest of it's in the background because it costs too much to rotoscope around each individual hair. Fuck you, movie. Well, yeah, what, like, what, what the way you can tell is is it has to look like it's it's a it's a mirror where you move your head and you can see detail you couldn't see looking straight ahead. Right. That that's what real stereoscopic 3D is, and you can actually do it with a computer without any without any glasses or a special screen or anything. It's called head tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, when they do a fake 3D movie, that's why the depth of field is so shallow, because they really can't recreate much of the edge. They can recreate a little bit of it, but not much, because eventually, you know, the detail was, you know, would just repeat. And you, yeah. That reminds just, me it, of the 3D preview for Piranha 3D with the guy with the weed whacker. It looked so fucking fake. <laughs> when he lifted up the weed whacker for the, it's like, that's not what a weed whacker looks like at all. Yeah, I think as funny as, uh, it's like, I don't know, two years ago, I was like, Hobbit is being shot on the red camera system at 48 frames a second. And I'm like, oh, that'll look like video. And then they were like, Hobbit was shown at 48 frames a second at Show West. And everyone complained that it looked like video. It's like, what do they fucking expect? It's a movie. Looking it like looks a- better. It looks better? 48 frames looks better, in my opinion, than 28. Uh, uh, it doesn't look like a movie, though. It looks like video. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. When I see a movie on my sister's TV, she's got some... Her TV has something where it smooths the frames out, and, it's, and whenever you watch oh, like a, a like an old motion. movie, it looks yeah, it looks really smooth, and it it's very very strange. Well, well, I I've been doing video long enough, you know, I was like so thrilled when you could shoot 24 frames progressive with video, Posthumous Woman being the example, and I don't know why, if, yeah, it looks better, but it doesn't look like a movie. Ask me. Well. The, the definition of what looks like a movie has continually changed before, because before a movie had to have been silent, you know, it just keeps changing. You know, That's, a movie yeah. had to have nothing but practical effects. A but movie it, had had to have this and had to have that. Yes, but it's been 24 frames a second since like 1890. It's. That's really been ingrained. Well, of course, no, I'm, that's not true. I mean, a lot of older 
you know, Nickelodeon movies are 15 frames a second, but still. Mm. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Well, they're not, they're not even going to have really any uh, 48 FPS showings of it, I don't think, so it's probably irrelevant. Yeah, I don't think there's many projectors built for that right now. <laughs> yeah, so they'll only be able to tax a few people the extra $3 or whatever they would tack on to it. I guess it's not as bad as movie shot in 2D, turned into 3D, and upscaled to IMAX. Oh. Well, it's a funny. The funny thing is, uh, let's talk about the theater experience for a minute. Uh, um, it, I find it hard to go to most theaters because most theaters are, are you know, crap now. There's one in Texas, but it's way too far for me to go to for casual viewing called the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, I've always wanted to go there because they have a rule that every theater should have: no kids. <laughs> well, actually, no, <laughs> no phones out at all you can have your phone you just can't have it out i think it's also no kids like at a certain like after like seven o'clock or something at night i think i like that rule and they there's this there's a a youtube video that that the animal draft house put out which was just audio of this woman who called because she was kicked out Mm -hmm. because she's like i didn't know i couldn't use my phone in the usa the united states america because she (laughs) she thinks that like that has jurisdiction over like private property Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like oh. I was just using it as a flashlight to find my seat. You know, <laughs> I mean, people go to the Animal Draft House because it is like, you know, an elevated experience. So what do they expect? It's like, you know, wearing your shit kicker boots into like uh, the Four Seasons restaurant <laughs> trying to get dinner. I mean, it's not going to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about the theater experience last night. and Well, I mean, part of it, they don't, they don't make movies for people over 30. That's part of the problem. But my big thing, you know, you see people online that complain about, like, noisy kids and cell phones. My big thing is you go to the movie, and, yes, it's expensive, but whatever. But then there's so many fucking trailers. It's like 20 minutes, and I usually forget what movie I came to see by the time the trailers are over. That's what I hate. I've had that happen. Like, <laughs> what did I come here for? Yeah. And then, you know, there, then it turns out it's Tolto Transylvania, and you scream, no! <laughs> she was alive! <laughs> and uh, what, what I remember is one time I was actually watching, this is when I went to see, I think it was Dark Knight, and uh, the guy in front of me had an iPhone. He whipped out like 90 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Well, let's just say he got a very sharp, unintentional back massage. <laughs> <laughs> The phone went away, though. Yeah, yeah uh, there's a there's a uh, web show I like to watch called uh, Half in the Bag from Red Letter Media. They're the guys that did that really exhaustive Star Wars Episode One review. Yeah, we and, know about it. Okay, and uh, they're they're actually from Wisconsin too. Anyway, they were they were reviewing uh, Paranormal Activity Four, and they they mentioned that they're like, who goes to these goddamn movies? And then, but then they said when they went to it, they noticed everyone. All the scenes in the movie where nothing happened, which is most of the movie, people would just talk to each other and look at their cell phones, just waiting for the nighttime scenes. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Why would they pay to do this? But then they analyzed it, you know, psychology-wise. But uh, Yeah, it was interesting. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. I just don't like how much time it takes to go. I probably see like four movies a year tops these days. Probably about two for me. Yeah. It's uh, it the, the biggest problem is it's hard to find a good theater where, you know, the – Theater workers give a damn and stop people with phones. And Also, your Blu-ray will be in focus. The movie theater probably won't be. (laughs) There was a a new theater that opened up uh, called the XD Cinema, I think, near where I live. It's actually pretty nice because it just opened. Yeah. 
And I think it is pretty nice because it just opened. It, it has oh, that new yeah. theater smell where there's the, store, the, the floors are still not sticky. Well, we're lucky here in Madison. We have a real IMAX in uh, Fitchburg. So uh, you'd always go to the documentaries, which are great, like Space Station 3D and Fish 3D. But then it got to be where um, there were so many goddamn up-converted 35-millimeter movies in IMAX that you'd never see the cool documentaries anymore. Like, it took eight months for us to get Hubble 3D in IMAX. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the kind of movies IMAX was meant for, but, you know, they're pushed to the back back platter so you can see uh, Grown Ups, the IMAX experience. Grown Ups was put in the IMAX? (laughs) Well, no, but don't put it past them. (laughs) Yeah, do you think... think, uh, 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 Adam Sandler is a few more flops away from just doing animated stuff. And you mentioned he, he already did. He already did Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, yeah, but you know he'll be like you know the new Eddie Murphy basically. Although Eddie Murphy was funny at one time. Oh, I went there. Well, what was that? Was that one where he's a spaceship? Uh, Dave. Spaceship Dave, or no Dave? Yeah. Or uh, Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh god, I actually watched that. You know what the funniest thing about Eddie Murphy's career is? I, I, I pinpointed I pinpointed the exact point where it turned. Mm, or was it? All right. Uh, imagine it's the <laughs> mid '80s, and <laughs> and there was a successful sci-fi movie franchise that was going to make a fourth movie set in San Francisco about some time oh, travelers. Oh, I know where you're going with this. And they asked Eddie Murphy, "Hey, do you want to play a whale biologist?" <laughs> he said, "No, I have this movie called The Golden Child coming up." Yeah, because they wanted to, uh, they wanted him to be in Star Trek Four, but then Superman Three came out, which you know had a bunch of, yeah, tried to be funny with uh, Richard Pryor, right? And yes. uh, then they got cold feet. Yeah. Well, actually, I heard he he turned it down for Golden Child. Is how I heard it. Yeah, that's it's it's weird. It's kind of like you know Will Smith being in the Matrix. It's like one of those alternate universe things that could have happened. Uh, the the way I heard it was he turned yeah. it out because he wanted to have alien makeup on in Star Trek and, and but he was the, supposed to be a modern day person right yeah but and then when they and then when they found out that Eddie Murphy would have came on if he was an alien they're like well I wish you told us that we would have done that but how would they how what alien would he have been in Star Trek Four I mean there weren't any aliens in Star Trek Four well once they heard that Eddie Murphy was available they were going to make it work. So what? He would have been like on Vulcan. He'd be like, "I'm gonna go to Earth with you. Uh, I will tell your story. I'm the new character." Yes. He's after, a Jar Jar. After they transformed Christy Alley into some other woman, which they also did in that movie. Yes. yes. But that that is the Isn't actual it weird story. Christy Alley used to be hot. Isn't that strange to think about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> discussion last night. I don't know why. Probably because we were drinking. It was about Hillary Clinton. We we're like, was Hillary Clinton ever hot? So no. we had to we had. Well, actually, we found some pictures. She wasn't unattractive, <laughs> but uh, it was the same kind of thing. But, yeah, that is weird to think about uh, if he would have been in Star Trek Four. but oh, well. That would have been interesting. <laughs> well, what if Sean Connery said this, yes to Star Trek Five? Why, was he supposed to be a Cybok? Yes. The oh. plan is called Shakari. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 my oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you. I kind of you know, I think okay. I think Star Trek Five is gets a gets a bad rap. <laughs> it's not the worst Star Trek movie. There I said. What it. does God need with a starship? Okay, well think of it this way. <laughs> there, okay, yeah, it's got a lot of bad jokes, but 
they cut his budget in half while he was making it. You know, what was he going to do? I mean, he's not God. He's William Shatner. I mean, he probably thinks he's God, but uh, I would say Nemesis and Insurrection and Part 3 I like less than Part 5. Yeah. Granted, I think, I think Part 3 was stronger than Part 5, but I will agree with you about Insurrection and Nemesis. Uh, Insurrection, let me tell you my feelings on Insurrection. I love think, thinking... Oh. Berman and Braga just tricked me into paying to watch paying to wa- in wa- paying to watch an episode of Next Generation. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. They just tricked me. See, I, I didn't, I didn't, I thought Generations was fine. I didn't really have any issues. I loved uh, First Contact. I thought that one was great. First Contact was the best of the Next Gen cast because it Definitely. dealt with Next Gen mythology. I felt, and it had the secret actor who's in all good movies, James Cromwell, in it. So that's always a plus. Speaking of James. Speaking of uh, bad uh, special effects and James Cromwell, I always joke that uh, that uh, you know Berman and Braga and uh, Paramount will never go down the uh, the dark path of Lucas because they're not going to take they didn't take Star Trek remastered and digitally insert in Metamorphosis a digitally youth in James Cromwell. Oh, for the guy who found or invented the light speed engine. Yeah. Or Aiden Christensen appears as a young man next to an old Obi-Wan Kenobi. That shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, if any movie series needs to get rebooted, it's Star Wars. Because it... Uh... Well, <laughs> I mean, if any movie needs to get reformatted to see, it's Star Wars. That's why, you know, it's, it's weird. Like, Star Wars has chugged on long enough. I think Star Trek is, like, cooler because at least it has retained its dignity. Is that a way to put it? <laughs> yeah. See, the problem, like Red Letter Media would say, the problem with Star Wars is not Jar Jar Binks. I mean, he's fucking lame, but the problem is just the way they're put together. They're just fucking boring movies, or the well, the new ones, at least. I mean, they got better. I mean, the third one was better than the second, and vice versa, but they're well, like the, Wild Wild West. They're really well-made bad movies. Well, with, with Star... Did you know about the hidden scene Phantom Menace with Greedo? The hidden scene? Yeah. yeah the, well, there's a bunch of them. They're all on, like, the second disc. Of, uh, Greedo is uh, in... Phantom Menace, where he's a little kid that plays around with Anakin, and he does oh. like like a little jerk, and some other kid says, "God, Greedo, you gotta watch out, or someone's gonna shoot you with a blaster." Oh God! It's like it's like Star Wars deals with the whole fucking universe, galaxy. Are all these characters intrinsically like always together? I mean, ugh, you know what I mean? It's like spread them out. Star Wars, everyone knows everyone. I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. So how did you feel about the Star Trek reboot? I think they got the the key interaction between Kirk McCoy and Spock, and that is really the most you need to do to make good Star Trek, because if you look at a lot of the early Star Trek episodes, the actual plots aren't a lot of meat. You watch it for the interaction between those three. The the plot of the new Star Trek was basically garbage, but the characters worked, and yeah, that's what made it successful. It's weird. Star Trek is like a geeky thing, but... Uh, God, we got, I don't know. It was like the most people I've ever, or I'd ever gone to the movies with. We have like an entire row of people that went together to see that movie. Strangely enough, it's like 20 people all in all. So it's kind of weird that a Star Trek movie brings people together like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I watched the Phantom Menace with like all my friends, uh, (laughs) attack of the clones with half of those people and, uh, revenge of the Sith. I almost called it by the other name, Neil, just by myself. Yeah, uh, that, that title does look like a typo. <laughs> Although I still I still think Beyonce Knowles should have been a Uhura, but you know. Oh, oh well. well. 
If that movie would have been made in 2003, it probably would have been Beyonce Knowles, but oh well. Well, there's there's good casting decisions and bad casting decisions all the time. It's uh. Well, I mean, what's her face? Zoe Salandra. I mean, she just doesn't have the badonka donk that uh, <laughs> eventually grew into. I mean, come on, she weighs like 90 pounds. Sorry, I just can't get I, that movie sucks. J.J. Abrams a hack. <laughs> No, I've seen the work of hacks before. Oh my god, I've seen the work of hacks. Like Possumus Woman. <laughs> no, I enjoyed that. So did you ben? guys see? Did you guys see uh, Thanks Killing? Then the turkey movie. Is is it like? Is it like someone took the uh, the Thanksgiving Grindhouse trailer and made it a movie? No, it's about a killer turkey. Or oh, something. that's worse. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, it, it's weird. Oh, oh, Birdemic. That one is terrible. Uh, I guess you haven't seen it. Bird I've Demi. only seen clips of it. But yeah. it's, uh, oh. Well, I I have seen clips of the of the Slenderman independent movie. Oh, I didn't know about that. Is it like the video game Slender? Kind of like no, it's it's guys doing it an actual movie. It's uh, about a bunch of kids going into the woods looking for Slenderman. And oh, so it's the Blair Slenderman Witch Project. Well, at least it is in the Grave Encounters too. <laughs> Graver Encounters. <laughs> the Gravering. I mean, have you seen that trailer? It's bad. No, I, I'm not. I'm not familiar with that. Well, uh, the, pro- the problem with those movies is is here's scary Ghostface. Here's another one. We're just gonna keep throwing them at you. <laughs> Slender. The Slender game was kind of was kind of scary though. I never I never got through it. Did Slendy always get you? Yeah, and I got through Amnesia: The Dark Descent, but I could not make it through Slender. I don't know why. Neil, Neil what was that one game where it, it made it look like your computer crashed? Oh, uh, you know what? I Eternal I Darkness. Yeah, I was I was thinking of that, but that's that's GameCube. That's not the computer. Mm. Um, there's a couple games that actually use that joke. Um, God, I don't know what you're thinking of, Ben. Uh, they did it in uh, Batman: uh, Arkham Asylum. Uh, when you're having your when scarecrows gasses you and you have a flashback of your parents dying, yeah, I think it made you think you died. Yeah, it, well, it simulates the screen glitches that are about to red ring Xbox does. Strangely enough. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. In fact, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it had to have because my Xbox is not red ring. But yeah, uh, Eternal Darkness did that too on the uh, GameCube, or it would make you think that you're save file was deleted or your volume was turned down or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> the volume now, being turned down, that was uh snatcher on the Sega CD. Oh, where it's like, uh, you have the, this little tiny metal gear with you. And it's like, it's like, you know, you could just barely hear what's going on in the background. He suggests to turn up the volume on the TV and you're like, okay, turn up the volume. And then something explodes. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, well, you still had the volume turned up. <laughs> Damn. My friend it's, Jones has that. It's like, wow, you've got a really rare game. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great – it is great when you see people doing things creatively like that in games and movies. It's a – I remember this is one movie. I don't remember what horror movie this is. We're moving into horror movies now where uh, basically they actually use the frequency of sound in the movie that only kids can hear. Like a high frequency then? Yeah, basically it was like this whispering voice, like this scary voice telling kids to do things. Hmm. Wow. 
I don't remember what movie this is because all that movie had was that. Sounds like something William Castle would have done if it was available back in the 50s. Like buzzers and chairs and dangling I, ghosts. I'd, I'd forgotten about that. When I was a, when you're a kid, you can hear the you can hear the TV like whining. Just there's this, this high frequency that you can't hear as an adult. Oh, do you know about the, the story about Candle Cove? No. No, what is that? It's a it's a creepy pasta online. Oh god. Anyone yeah, here know what creepy pasta is? Creepy pasta? I know. It's online name. scary stories. Basically yeah. Candle Cove is a story about there was this really weird, almost dark show for kids about puppets that were pirates called Candle Cove and a bunch of kids in the Midwest remember it and they're and they're trying to remember details about the show, like the, the mast on the ship was a foam mouth that talked and, and pirate Percy was always scared to go in caves and all that. And and then finally, the final story on the thread is this girl says, I, I just asked my mother about it. And, and she says, oh, yeah, I remember you used to co- go and turn on to a strange channel and just watch snow for 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> first, time, first time you said creepypasta, I was I was thinking that it, it would be like a sequel to Luigi's Mansion or something. <laughs> I thought I thought they were making that for 3ds. I think they are. That was amazing. Luigi's Mansion was like Nintendo's. Like, hey, let's make a different game. What? <laughs> Luigi's <laughs> Mansion, where he's a Ghostbuster. That was an interesting game. It was different. Um, oh, we should talk about uh, low-budget filmmaking tips and tricks for your fans yes. out there if they're curious. Yes. Actually, if you uh... can wait a second, I, I, I'm going to grab a grab another beer. You know, this way okay. it'll be more interesting. I'll be right back. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, while he's gone, um, what I think I'm gonna do, he he made like a whole bunch of like uh, like phony movie trailers that he put at the beginning of his podcast. Some of them are really funny, like uh, he had like Mario Cop, uh, it, uh, Pirates of the, no, it was like video game Pirates of the Caribbean, and they're they're really hysterical. I gotta I gotta pull up a couple of them, it, and a lot of them fe- featured uh, his friend Dale, who's just like this. He, Dale is like this comedy machine where every time he opens his mouth it's gold comes out i'm mm. back yeah i was just you telling know, him about video pirates of the caribbean oh from our podcast yes what you should do is actually have a character who every time he opens his mouth you know gold coins come out so he can say every time he opens his mouth you know gold comes out that way it's it's like the skittles man well in possum uh, three or possum two uh anytime we thought the movie would be dry we just Major Dale was in there saying shit like assholes. <laughs> so yeah, you should, you should do something where he actually opens his mouth physically and you have gold coins pour out. But <laughs> what Dale says in general is just funny. It's like you don't you don't need a visual gag like that because what he says is just. There was yeah. a take that we couldn't use because of the wind or something. But the part where he's berating the uh, camp uh, custodian or whatever, and he's like, "You got to clean up this this resort. We got." missionaries and dignitaries coming in. <laughs> it was dignitaries. It was so funny, but I tried, but I could not salvage the clip of the take oh. where he said dignitaries. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, Dale did great. And then, of course, he wanted, you know, he had his, he got his head eaten off. So in Possum 3, it's going to be Neil Salazar as a reference to Double 007 with Neil Connery. Mm-hmm. Neil Salazar, his twin brother, who's an even bigger asshole. And he's going to say, unfortunately, the surgery to attach my twin brother's partially digested body to his partially decomposed head was unsuccessful. Anything like that. 
Mm. Yes. Um, yes, it's uh... <laughs> yeah, I miss, I miss doing those podcasts. People always say, "Oh, why don't you do podcasts?" It's like, well, we have, a, we have a show for for God's sakes, but the podcasts were fun, especially like when we do our our custom intros. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love I love your podcast. I love your oh. show more because it is it is fun to watch you actually build things. And I note that you that pretty much every tool you use, you know, software wise, you have to use a Windows PC to do it. <laughs> yeah i what was a piece of software i don't know there's some software that people are like oh well it's only on pc it's like well, who gives a fuck <laughs> oh sorry that sounds a little harsh but uh well you know it's a uh, if you can invent a smart watch that works on bluetooth i'll buy it from you <laughs> oh you mean like the pebble <laughs> yes which is turning out more and more to be vaporware Sadly. Well, just give me $10 million and I'll get right on it. <laughs> Start a Kickstarter. People will do it. You know, it's weird. Uh, I got I one of the things I kickstarted was the Raspberry Pi micro SD card adapter. Um, so if you have a Raspberry What? Which is brilliant. I love Raspberry Pi. Right. But the card sticks off the end like a tongue. So what this guy did was uh, it's, a, it's a little PCB that goes into the SD card slot, but then you put a micro SD card on the PCB sideways so it doesn't stick out the end of the unit, right? Yeah. Anyway, this was like this was like a – God, I think it was like $12 to get one. It was like super cheap. He had it all ready to go, and I think I probably got it in the mail like three weeks after the Kickstarter ended. But that guy, he has updates every week. He's like, oh, I'm sorry if it was posted to do, and I'll send it right back out to you. I mean tons of communication for this cheap little project. Way more than like Ouya or Pebble or you know you know name your thing here. So yeah, it, it is, the problem is lots of the things I see look really cool. I'm like, I know you're done with the hardware. Why aren't you like mass producing these suckers? It's it's like there's this guy, there's this other one that's really cool that I actually wanted to buy, but it's not available until middle of next friggin' year, which is a which is a Bluetooth app that you put on your phone that when your Bluetooth is on on your phone. You walk towards your door, and your door automatically unlocks. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw them like, that's so simple. Why? I, you showed me the prototype. The prototype's working. Make them. Well, it, it's twofold. Uh, one is it's much cheaper to make a thousand of something than ten of something. Mm-hmm. Secondly, though, uh, to make ten thousand of something, you have to make sure everything works and whatnot. So, I mean, even things like the iPad stand or whatever that thing was, the Hans Free stand, which was like a big debacle, I guess, on Kickstarter. Uh, I don't know, people, you know, what they need to do is they need to estimate how much it's going to cost and then multiply that by 2.6, and then they're covered. But people don't do that. They also vastly, I mean, I I know because I, I do a lot of stuff for people out of state, and shipping is fucking expensive, and people need to realize how expensive shipping is. Because, you know, if you're like, oh, if you, at the $10 level, we'll send you a T-shirt. It's like, okay, so you're going to make the T-shirt for 4 bucks and ship it for 4 bucks, then you make $2? Like, doesn't make sense. Like, bubble wrap. Nobody would throw away bubble wrap if they realized how much how expensive it was to buy. Looks like my dad keeps all of his. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. Uh, yeah. Wait, were we talking about films? Oh, so, yes. Yeah. Well, well, back to films. Back to films. Uh, well, some of those. Blood. Yeah, some blood. of those things can uh, apply to film. Like, okay, so if you're an independent filmmaker, however long you think it's going to take you, it will take longer, guaranteed. The eighty twenty rule, which is. 20% of the project takes 80% of the time or however that works definitely applies to film. Um, it's really easy to shoot most of it, but it's really hard to shoot the last 20%. Uh, possum. We were really lucky. I've had some really slogs of productions in the past. Possum. We shot the whole thing in uh, 
two and a half months. I don't know how, but we did. Like the last three weeks, we were really cramming, but we did. And then I finished it. Uh, I finished it like the day before Fallout Three came out, thankfully. But uh, yeah, that was the fastest I ever made a movie. How fast uh, did it take you to do uh, Lizard of Death? Lizard of Death. Uh, I started writing that. Uh, in, I'm going to say nine or ten months. Wow. Yeah, that, that was pretty fast too. Yeah, that one is another funny one that we might have to uh, watch. Oh, that's my uh, still my favorite movie that I've done. Yeah, that that one is like a a black and white movie. It's kind of got the same uh, general idea that Posthumous Woman has is that industrialized America produces waste and causes a giant monster to come about. That's always a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and don't yeah, miss I, on the cancer curing plant. Yeah, that that was great. That's like a freeze frame joke. You you, I saw Posthumous Woman three times before I noticed that sign. Which which one? The sign on the plant in. Uh, oh yeah, the like, rare the rare plant. Rare plant like three known to exist, only flowers like once every thirty years, cures well, cancer or something like that. The thing is, uh, um, okay, so my favorite movie is Ed Wood, and in the uh, director's commentary to that. Uh, you know, they're talking about character introduction. They're like saying you, you should always introduce a character doing something that describes the character. You know, so like in Ed Wood, if, you know, Bride of the Atom is financed by a guy who owns a meatpacking plant, Ed Wood goes to talk to him in a meatpacking plant. You should see, you know, meat there. And so, yeah, my character turned into like a flower power, uh, uh, what's a DNR hippie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yes, I should be seen trying to protect a endangered plant. <laughs> Exactly. I know. Yeah, I love. That. <laughs> yeah, because it's like that had to be my first line. <laughs> can he deliver it? Can Can you do it? What? Can oh, you do, do it? The... Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> yes. When we when we were when I was editing that movie, the part where we were on the truck, which there's a story behind that too, which I should tell you. But the part where we're on the truck. And I say, leave the girl alone to the possum, which was a line from the first movie. Because my problem with that scene was like, how do we end the scene? And I'm like, well, what if Ben just says, leave the girl alone and throws the possum off the truck? I'm like, okay. So when I was editing that, you couldn't hear me say it, but I was sick when I was editing it. So if I, I tried to re-record it, but I sounded sick. So I just pulled the audio from the original movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I'm like, I can't wait to like be unsick. So I just pulled the audio from the original movie. Oh, so that scene. I just seen Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Crystal Meth? Which was completely CGI and fake. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have a good old-fashioned fight scene on a moving vehicle, and there's going to be absolutely no optical effects, damn it. And that's what we did. And there was even the uh, bed of grass. Yeah. You had yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think my friend came up with that idea, and... It worked. It, uh, for the first two shots that they showed you on the bed of grass, I couldn't tell until Neil said, you know he's on a bed of grass, right? And I looked at him like, oh, yeah, you're right. It was a plastic uh, sled with grass duct tape around the edges of it. And, it, yeah, it worked really great. It was quite comfortable to ride on. Yeah, well, Mike, Mike came up with that idea. Uh, oh, the other thing that was, I was really proud of with that scene was um, the possum throws Mike out of the truck. And then uh, Mary slides over and takes the wheel. And originally we were like, oh, we, we could tow the truck and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just have the truck driving. Mike jumps out and Mary slides over and takes the wheel. 
<laughs> they just shot it live. Cause it she, worked. Yeah, she knew how to drive it. She actually had a, a five-speed Ranger at one time, so she knew how to drive a five-speed Ranger. And yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just better to just do it because it saves you a lot of time. Or the part where the stoner boyfriend goes into, like, the dilapidated barn and gets killed by the possum. Everyone was worried that the barn was going to fall over. Oh, no, we were filming someplace, and I saw that barn. And I'm like, this barn is awesome because it reminded me of where Doc Ock was in Spider-Man 2. And I'm like, he, we have to go inside this barn. And then my friend's like, no, it's going to fall over. So then, like, I think the absolute minimum number of people went in and do the scene. So, <laughs> But it looked it looks so awesome on the outside. Uh, yeah, let's see. What, what other – oh, yeah, uh, filmmaking tips. Okay, um, have – as few main characters as possible. Um, everyone says they want to be in a movie until you ask them to be in it. That is <laughs> the number one rule of independent filmmaking. Now, it's not hard to get people to do maybe like one afternoon of work, but it's very hard to get people to do more than that, especially if you're not paying them, which is also a staple of independent filmmaking. So if you look at Possumus Woman, we had like something like 43 speaking parts in it, but most of the time it was just me and Mike and sometimes Dale and, you know, even the regular characters characters that showed up a lot only did like two or three days of shooting total. So, yeah. What's the best way to do movie blood? Movie blood? <sighs> well, probably not the way we did it. Uh, I know it's Kool Aid. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like our ours was just. I think it was um one one thing of uh. Well, the absolute best way to make good looking blood is actually just take red food color and put it right on people. It looks very realistic like very real blood but also stains everything horrifically yeah that, that's what my guess was is that the reason you had the blood like that is because anything else would have just ruined the clothing i think well, here's 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 another weird question about movie blood it's uh and i'm asking this just because uh, i'm kind of weird could you go to a butcher and say hey i like 10 gallons of pig blood and use that or is there some health concerns well i don't know i've never tried that but the thing is it would start to smell i mean it would smell <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that would be the main problem, because not only would it be stuck to everything, but it would be, it would probably smell a lot worse. <laughs> that makes any sense. It'd be a biohazard. <laughs> but it would look, it would look real. Oh, well, of course it would, because it would be real. <laughs> I was just, we, uh, when the the people were shooting the possum, we had all these blood packs in it, but we realized you couldn't really see them unless we had them walking in front of a white wall. So that was kind of a waste of time. That was kind of fun. We had the possum because he was on a roller cart. And then I think we had five people operating him. It was like one for the mouth, one for each arm. No, four. It was one for the mouth, one for each arm, and then one to pull him. And then people shot the shit out of him. That was <laughs> a scene. Because I, uh, I wanted it to be completely ridiculous. So then we had like the Middle Eastern music and the, you know all like that gossy blur effect. And uh, that was a lot of fun to do that. And the teabagging, of course. <laughs> we had this thing called blood pump. It's actually a water cooling pump for a computer. And uh, we would put it inside people's shirts and whatnot so like blood could squirt out of them when the possum bit them. So basically one end of the blood pump went into a, a gallon a gallon jug of fake blood. And then the other was attached to their shirt. And then you know we pushed the switch and blood came out. Mm. And at the end of the movie, when the possum, like I shoot it and like vomits blood onto the truck. Basically, that was, like, the remainder of our fake blood, and we just used it all in one shot. <laughs> and how'd you do the smoke coming out of the, the possumous woman's mouth? Was it dry ice as Kitty Hawk? Uh... It was cigarettes. Um, Re what? Really? Well, no, the possum wasn't smoking. Okay, so 
The possum had like uh, four different tubes going through him. No, two. He could squirt. His teeth could, blood could come out of his teeth on either side. Mm. And smoke could come out of his nose. So basically, when that happened, there'd be a person behind the possum. And then we would attach linkages up to the hoses coming out of the mask in the back. And then you'd either, you know, you'd either uh, spit or you'd either pump blood to the hoses or blow smoke. So the part like when the possum was anytime the smoke comes out of the possum's nose, um, it's usually Mike because he smokes a lot. He's like behind (laughs) the possum smoking and blowing into a tube. So, yes, it's cigarette smoke coming out of the possum's nose when that happened. So, okay, can you imagine there was like a compartment you just put some dry ice in and. Oh, it's way too complicated. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's not. It's just some guy named Mike in the back, you know, going, "How's it going?" Because he's smoking so much. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's why he sounds that way in the movie. He's like, "You had me a giant possum." Oh, that, oh yeah. Well, there's a great photo of that. It's the poss- It's a part where the possum is fighting the possumatologist. And uh, oh, then we put Megan, who is the woman who got transformed into a possum. We put her in the possum suit when she fights the possumatologist because like, well, we have to actually have a woman inside the suit when she's fighting another woman. <laughs> but there's a great shot. I'll I'll send it to you later. Just to remind me to. It's um of the possum biting the scientist, and then Mike's in the background. I think he's drunk too, like blowing smoke to the tubes. <laughs> it's so funny. But <laughs> someone took. I wasn't on camera. Someone. someone <laughs> Okay, I I just I, I I said I always imagined it was a little bit more complicated than that, but guess the low tech solution worked. Yeah. Well, uh, what was it? Um, the first Terminator movie, uh, you remember? And uh, when she kills the Terminator, I guess they didn't have like a very good shot of it dying. So it's like James Cameron went over to Stan Winston's garage and they like had an LED light bulb and uh, trash bags. And, you know the part of the movie where the, the she crushes it and then the eye turns off. Yeah. That was a reshoot. They didn't have that originally. So, yeah, they basically spray painted some robot parts with an LED and then they blew cigarette smoke onto it. <laughs> and they filmed it. Well, you know about the shot where they were taking Arnold's CPU out in the second one, right? Oh, the mirror? Yeah, because they were they were tearing their heads on how they're going to do that. And Linda says, I have a twin. Yeah, that scene was, I mean, it was boring, but it was a really impressively done scene. That was a great DVD when that came out. It was awesome. So much shit on it. I, I just love how he, she, she just raised her hand and says, I have a twin. James Cameron's like, oh, yes. <laughs> For the wrong reason. <laughs> now we can shoot this terrible scene. Apparently they wanted another Conan, the movie with Arnold as like a senior citizen or something. But you know they're not going to use Melius's uh, Crown of Iron script. You're talking about for the next uh, Terminator? No, they want to make a new Conan the Barbarian movie with Arnold. Oh, okay. Oh. I, I was I was imagining the you you know about the Pope's brazen head uh, Terminator script, right? The who? What? Oh, you don't know about this? Oh God. Okay, there was a Pope way back when, and this is in real history that people said had what they called the a brazen head that he that talked to him and told him about things that were going to happen and helped him rule as a Pope. Oh, and, yeah, I remember and, this. And the plot of this Terminator movie is a Terminator, a T-800, loses its head, falls through time, and that is the Pope's brazen head. Oh, that's a cool plot. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'd see that. That's, I always wish they would have a Terminator in the wild, wild west. How cool would that have been? I need to close your boots and your horse. <laughs> well, that reminds me of, ter- of the Terminator Jesus trailer they did on Saturday Night Live. 
<laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, ben actually did that in one of his uh, Pony Baloney trailers. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I will need your. I will need your camels. Your clothes. Yeah, it's like okay, so we were going to see. Oh, it's Casino Royale, and there was a trailer for this. Uh, you know, Mel Gibson had made a shitload of money with uh, the Passion of the Christ. So there was a movie called The Nativity Story, and we were waiting in line, or waiting in line to get in the theater for uh, uh, Casino Royale. And there's a poster on the wall for The Nativity Story. And we're like, oh, The Nativity Story, we're like, is this made by Mel Gibson? And then we started saying things like, kill all the babies and stuff. And then we, then we yeah, then we did it for our, uh, did it for our podcast. But, oh yeah, Pope Sylvester II, by the way, is the Pope with the Pope's brazen head. That's a that's a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it's uh someone actually tried to sell or what? Yeah, here it is. Follow the Pope's brazen head pitch. It was a story on IO9 like uh, last year. Well, do you remember the stories where uh what was the movie with uh oh, Terminator Salvation, like how that was supposed to end but they reshot it? I heard two different st- stories on how that was supposed to end. One is where the the guy that is is like a half machine, he becomes John Connor, yep, and he's reprogrammed by the machines to like ruin humanity. And then another one where he becomes John Con- Connor, and the humans did it to him. Yeah, because the uh, something like I think they actually shot it that way because if you watch the movie, uh, it's like a voiceover because it's like what is it? He's got a human heart, but it's like oh, take my heart. You're a veterinarian. Take my heart out and put it in John Connor, and he'll live. But the original script was John Connor was going to die, and they were going to peel his skin off and slap it on the Sam Worthington character so he could carry on the torch to John Connor. And that was going to explain John Connor's scar and all the flashbacks, which I guess they did when the Terminator, like, scrapes his face. But um, And by the way, by the way, that uh, CGR Arnold actually was pretty good. But then again, it was shot in the dark with very little light, so I guess it was good enough. Yeah, that movie was worth seeing once, I guess. <laughs> I always wish – the thing that bugs me is with Terminator – okay, here's the thing that really bugs me. is like, okay, first of all, I think Terminator 3 is a very underrated movie. It's perfectly fine. Talk to the hand. Yeah, and but it's – they had a great opportunity there to show – because all these post-apocalyptic movies are always 10 years after the apocalypse. Like what happens right after the apocalypse, you know? Like I would have loved, loved, loved Terminator 4 if it would have started with those two in that base right after they got the radio transmission. Then what do they do? That would have been awesome. Like show the robots evolving. Basically what Rise of the Planet of the Apes did so well. Like show how this shit starts instead of like, oh, it already happened. There, I'm done. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the the Pope's brazen head pitch sounds like your, your pick for the next Terminator then, huh? Oh yeah, that's awesome. Either that <laughs> West. You are Sarah Connor's great great grandmother. I will terminate you. I am 68 years old. <laughs> Maybe they should just reboot Terminator. <laughs> you know, like, one thing I got to admit about Terminator 2 is if you went in fresh, not knowing anything other than the first Terminator, Terminator 2 has a nice twist early on. Oh, yeah, that he's not a Terminator? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Just like they. How the twists in Star Wars don't really work if you watch them in series. I guess they don't work at all. No, no, this this ain't right at all. Well, I think we kind of approached Possumus Woman as a Terminator-type movie in a way, because basically you're shooting this thing that can't be stopped, and uh, yeah. Although that's, we, actually, 
one of my favorite parts of that movie is that the the agent comes in and he starts describing what happened in the first movie. He's like, he's like, police, military, we're at a loss of how to stop it. I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't happen in the first movie. I don't remember a single police officer. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the biggest thing to remember is, uh, is you know, I, th- I think that Ben did like what James Cameron did is he made it to where you don't have to see the first movie. That which is, is yeah. which yeah. is James James Cameron's biggest strength. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah. Terminator to Terminator Two is you know you don't need to see Terminator to see Terminator. You don't need to see Alien to see Aliens. No. Nope. Aliens is clearly a superior movie because it contains Bill Paxton. Game over, man. And it it also had uh, also had the music from Star Trek Two. Oh yes, James Horner. He's a very good composer. Yeah. Until he's until he's until he is uh, crunched on time and then he just reuses. Because oh. I remember the first time I watched the ter- Aliens and I'm like, isn't that this music from Star Trek Two? Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's similar. I mean, you definitely can tell it's James Horner. Uh, yeah, but uh, I really liked his score for uh, uh, Star Trek Two because it's like. Yeah, Jerry Goldsmith, who was like a freaking god of uh, scores, and then they took a Jerry Goldsmith score and morphed it into a James Horner score. I mean, that was awesome. <laughs> All you need now is a James Newton Howard score, and then you're set. Or take a, take a Danny Elfman score and morph it into a uh, who's the new composer everyone's screaming about now? Oh, uh, Michael Giacchino? No, the the guy who did the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Take take Danny Elfman and morph into Hans Zimmer. I don't get Hans Zimmer personally. I mean, yeah, he did the Lion King there animation. <laughs> 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 yes, he did the animated version of Hamlet, but uh, he is he is no he's a pimple on the ass of uh, Jerry Goldsmith or uh, Danny Elfman. Danny El- well, Danny Elfman too. Danny Elfman basically just like Tim Burton, he just does impressions of Danny Elfman scores. Well, I'm a big Oingo Boingo fan too, so you know. Well, I Danny love- Elfman did Army of Darkness. Uh, he did the march from Army of Darkness. I don't think he did the whole thing. But the march was awesome. Yeah, yeah, the march was <laughs> awesome. You know, I thought the animated version of Hamlet was Transformers. <laughs> Well, Which, only at the part where, where Galatron gets the Matrix and they say, return the Matrix. That, that's the ghost scene right there, Neil. Yeah, but I was talking about the movie, not the... I, 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 but when I think of him, I think of the ghost scene. Oh. Coronation star scream, this is bad comedy. Megatron, is that you? Here's a hint. We should totally do a commentary track on that movie. Yeah, I keep meaning to, but it keeps getting pushed back. <laughs> Well, stop pushing it back, Neil. Push it forward. Well, now we have we have uh, Google Drive that'll let us pretty much load anything. Now that it's like five gigs or whatever, so maybe we can we can actually sync that much more easily now. We, we don't have to have like everyone with the DVD. Yes, yes, but that, that require ripping the movie, Neil. And we, we here at Animation Aficionados do not condone. Well, we don't have to say that we ripped it. Okay, it's <laughs> yes, we totally did this in sync. <laughs> it's, so how, how do you guys feel about like this uh pixar being corporate sellouts now or whatever people are saying about them oh i don't know i feel the same way about seeing uh dreamworks doing brave with cavemen doing what brave with cavemen. you don't know about this 
Oh, that's yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's our you know, Brave with Caveman. <laughs> What's with bow and arrows anyway? Like Brave had them, Crisis Three, uh, Hunger Games, uh, that guy in Avengers. Um, that's it. Hey, to be fair, Hawkeye was always in the comics. That's yeah, true. that's a good point. For some reason, the guy with the bow and arrow is always like the popular one. Even in Star Wars, you had you had uh, the Wookiee with the the laser crossbow. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about how much that sense that makes, Neil. I know, and it for some reason that wasn't that didn't like trigger any warning from any of us in the eighties. Was like, wait a minute, that that weapon makes no sense. <laughs> makes more sense than the double bladed lightsaber, Neil. That's tr- well. Oh no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna fight you on this. Laser crossbow. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. Laser crossbow is like, why did you need to propel the laser? Yeah. Whereas, whereas, like a two-headed labor, uh, lightsaber. Yeah, it doesn't really work, but it in this you could actually physically build one, and it would sort of function. You just can't swipe it across, you know, your your range of. Uh, but don't worry, if you cut attack, it, half, it still works. Yeah, if, if you got half of it, then you got a full range weapon. Whereas if you have if you have both if you have both sides going, if you make a swipe across your range of uh, of attack. You know, you're also slicing through your torso. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah Brave with Caveman is called the Crudes, by the way. Mm, I've heard of that. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I'm like, this is Brave with Caveman. It wasn't Brave. How to train your daughter to shoot arrows, dragons with Caveman? <laughs> I mean, you know, well, Scotsman. Me twice with Scotsman, not Caveman. Oh, right, right, right. I really liked uh, How to Train Your Dragon. I thought that was a really exciting. Well, How to Train Your Dragon was basically Iron Man with dragons, but I'm not Iron Man, Iron Giant with dragons, but uh, whatever, it worked. Don't tell anyone, there's like six movie plots total. Oh, we know that. Yes, we do know that. We have watched many shows and many movies and suffered many theaters. It's uh, one, one, uh, but, you know, the closer they get to actually making that plot... Actually, I pissed off a guy at work, the art director at my job, It's uh, because he was talking about how much he loved Avatar. I'm like, really? I like the better one. It's called Dance with Wolves. <laughs> he did oh, not God. appreciate me saying that. I am a huge James Cameron fan. I went to that movie, The Midnight Showing, and I don't know if I was tired. I was like, what the hell is this? I even like Titanic. I'll admit it. I like Titanic. But I could not get into Avatar because, yeah, it's Dancing with Wolves, except for more. I mean, the action scenes when they finally happen are really well done. Like nobody shoots action better. Two than and a half hours in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my! I, I'm, I'm not. I still qu- can't quite understand why that movie was so successful. It just looked like a fucking video game the whole time. What about the one thing I don't get? Uh, can Sam Worthington act? No, he's just like a generic guy. Well. Okay, you guys are animation aficionados. It's like the Disney thing. Your main character is like a boring blank of wood. See also Twilight. So the audience can project themselves onto that. That's why you don't make an interesting main character. So that doesn't really... The same Worthington is always this guy's like, yeah, I'm the Everman, and I'm going to stop you with my vague European accent. And I don't have legs, but I'll get my real legs back. <laughs> or, 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 or I'm half machine. I'll watch me stop you. Or... Actually, uh, or uh, I'm half God, watch me stop you. Or uh, I'm half God in the sequel, watch me stop God. you. There's a movie, there's a, actually uh, Ferngully The Last Rainforest is a lot closer to Avatar than Dancing with Wolves. If you've ever seen that? Yes, I have. There's also another one. They actually made a new Ferngully. 
It's called something else. Oh, oh yeah. It's is that called like, Epic or something. Is that like the Land Before Time movies where there's been so many sequels, eventually they'll get to the present? Yeah, here's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the name of the new Fern Gully is Epic. It's about tiny people riding, uh, jousting uh, hummingbirds. Yeah, so I, I was reading a review because uh, I, I saw Avatar and I... I didn't get it, so I had to search the reviews to see if I was crazy. And people were like, "Yeah, it's." it's they're like, "Well, it's not actually Dance with Wolves in space. It's actually Fern Gully in space." And I'm like, "Hmm." So I looked at Netflix, and I, I was like, "Oh, Fern Gully. I will watch this." And I'm like, "Wow, that person was not kidding." Because remember, he gets what is it? The guy in Fern Gully gets shrunken down to become one of the fern fairies or whatever. It yes, was. and and there's worse Australian accents in uh, Fern Gully than in Possumus Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're all going to jail. <laughs> We're going to the Bobby. You, you do realize there's things I see in those movies just because I know those sound stupid. There were a couple did you, times hear, did that, you hear that thunder? There were a couple times in that movie where your your Australian accent would just completely vanish. Oh, you, you mean I was like Carrie Fisher in Star Wars? Yeah, exactly. It was I like now. You're shoving the, the Posmus head into the into the into the wheel of the tr- truck, and you're like, feeling tired yet? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I I think Ben was tired when he shot that, <laughs> but he yeah. was on a roll. Uh, hey, Brad Bird made a good transition from uh, animation because he did uh, Mission Impossible, and it was quite successful. Unlike Andrew he- Stanton, who kind of didn't do as well. Oh, I thought John Carter was fine. I mean, it was, it was a fine movie. They just didn't know how to market it. Well, it took for fucking ever to get started. I mean, it had Brian Cranston, who's in every <laughs> movie. Pardon me? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I don't I don't know if Brad Bird's ever going to get back into animation or if he's just going to make Mission Impossible movies now. You, know, you do know what, how Hotel Transylvania was made, right? Uh, it, it was a no. barter. Basically, basically, uh, they, the studio told Gandhi Tartakovsky, you make this and we will think about Samurai Jack. <laughs> Just like uh, Leonard Nimoy, uh, if you can bring your character back to life, we'll let you direct the movie. Same kind of thing? Oh. Yeah, but uh, there was no Adam Sandler in Star Trek Three. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I liked Adam Sandler when I was like 20 and he was making stupid movies and he was like, you know, 30. But now he's like 46 or whatever and he's making the same stupid movies. And it's like, oh, I'm in love with uh, What's-Her-Face with the Huge Tits who was in Battleship. But, oh, Jennifer Aniston. And it's like, oh, God, shut up. Sorry, I do not like him. The hole is your home. Are you too good for your home? The price is wrong, bitch. That was, fun. but the thing is, that was like you know, fifteen years ago. It's like, oh god, fuck him. <laughs> you know, he's almost at the Pauly Shore point, so it's almost over. <sighs> yeah, but you just watch that Hotel Transylvania is making money, so he'll just go into Eddie Murphy mode where he just voices Donkey for ten years. Sometimes I think you know, John Belushi dying at thirty-three was a good thing because <laughs> he would have gone down the same route. Well, but he came back as Slimer. Mm. Right, because he was, uh, well, he was going to be Peter Finkman in Ghostbusters. I wonder if that would have worked. 
Well, you know, you know that uh, lots of uh, lots of Peter Venkman's, well, not lots, but some of the best lines was uh, Bill Murray just ad libbing. And then I think he said that he won't be in Ghostbusters three, so they're like, fine, we'll make it without you. And then it's like, uh. Well, wh- like I said, well, you know, the we came, we saw, we kicked it. At- that was him ad libbing. Oh yeah, but they're gonna make a sequel without him. Great well, idea. They, are, they already made a sequel with him. Oh right. Well, no, they made Ghostbusters two was two movies. It was um, Bill Murray making romantic comedy with Sigourney Weaver, and then Dan Aykroyd made a Ghostbusters movie. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the third Ghostbusters movie that they already made with Bill Murray. Oh, the Ghostbusters video game, you mean? Yes. Oh, right. that is the third movie. Do you regret anything? No. Well, maybe Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny the funny thing is he actually got Lorenzo Music fired from the cartoon. By saying, why do I sound like Garfield? <laughs> and then and the Red Music was watching the movie, the Garfield movie, going, why do I sound like Bill Murray? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a but, good point. <laughs> but sadly, Lorenzo Music was long dead by then. In heaven, he said that. Oh, okay. I, I, just, I just, you know, Ghostbusters 2 is one of those movies I've watched many times trying to like, and I just can't get into it. And it's I just got to wonder, what? It's the rap. You know what? I forgot. We, I was going to put that that wrap into our go, into our filmation Ghostbusters episode, and I completely forgot to do it. Oh, you mean the uh, Bobby Brown song? Yeah. Oh, see, that's one of the parts that actually I actually kind of like. Believe it or not. The montage scene. <laughs> yeah, because you know that that song was a big hit that summer. I remember it's like, ooh, I'm going to go see Batman. And on the way to see Batman, I hear this Bobby Brown song, and so you kind of remember it. But uh, no, I just. The only part of that movie I like is the fake commercial with uh, Louis Tully and uh, Janine, where it's like, oh, no, it's that ghost. Why won't he leave us alone? It's the only <laughs> part of the movie I like. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I mean, it has Vigo, the master of evil, who's trying to battle my boys, which is not legal. But no, nah, I just can't get into it. Well, like I said, it's it, the if you can find the YouTube video of someone turning the the Ghostbusters video game into a movie, it's actually great. Because yeah, I never did finish that, but yeah, it was it was pretty good. It had the humor from the first movie. Wasn't it written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis? Yes, it was. They're writing the new one, aren't they? They're actually going to let them write it, the new movie. Yes, they are. If they had made a Ghostbusters three and it was directed by, uh, oh God, who's. Uh... The kid, Ivan Reitman, Jason Reitman, right? I would see that. You do know about the Ghostbusters of Vermont, right? No, what is that? Is it like people who hunt ghosts or something or what? Basically, it's a bunch of guys made a show on YouTube with pretty good effects where they're the, the, the Ghostbusters franchise. Because remember, they kept talking about doing franchises in the movies. Yeah. It's the Ghostbusters franchise of Vermont. Okay. And it's it's just a series of videos of these guys with with effects that are pretty good, where they're hunting ghosts in Vermont, and that's basically it. The Ghostbusters of Vermont. Never heard of it? No. Okay. See, Ghostbusters, like if well, this will never happen. If I if someone's like, hey Ben, you should make a Ghostbusters movie. Here's okay. Yeah, I mean, I would totally play off this whole uh, you know every all these ghost hunting shows on television. Play off that kind of stuff. You know, go from that angle. Because that's something you know. That's a kind of a, something people are are familiar with now, nowadays, and then take it from there. 
That's what well, I, yeah, how I do it, I was op- I would open up with a trailer showing like one of those ghost hunter shows where you know they're in a room and they're like, oh my god, oh did you feel that and all that, and right. all of a sudden have have the the guys you know the boys in brown bust in, oh you know, yeah, and, and start start busting him at the peep at the regular film crew's like. What the hell's going on? And they're catching them, actually capturing a ghost. Oh God, that would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. how I would do the first trailer. Yeah, because and and, and, and just have the words come up. They're back, and then have Ray Parker's song playing. Well, the audience would think it's like Paranormal Five or whatever. Yeah. And then you smash those expectations, and like Dan Anchor would run up like, <sighs> we got him. <laughs> yes. That's sweet. how I would do the trailer. You the know. Trailer. I That's guarantee I that whenever they finally make Ghostbusters three, it will not be half that creative. Oh, but yeah, I would start it with them with like a bunch of people doing found footage style camera work, yeah. you know, trying to shoot their own ghost thing at like an abandoned hospital or something. You know, saying, "Oh, did you feel that?" Oh, and and there's not really anything to feel or anything. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you have, like I said, the door busts down. Here comes the boys in brown with the proton pack starting to shoot and. And shaky cam and everything, and finally end with with uh, with Dan Aykroyd holding up the smoking ghost trap, saying, "Yeah, we got him." And then they all walk yeah, out. Yeah, the whole trailer could be like that green night vision, but yeah. that, they bust in and they fire their proton packs. It was all handheld. Yeah, that would be great. That would be a that would be a tits teaser. That would be a Ben Heck project. Uh, yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's let's just hope that when they make Ghostbusters three, not if, sigh, when that it's half that good. I mean, just the trailer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just call up my best friend uh, Dan Ankroyd and see if he'll do it. <laughs> Although I, I have some pretty wicked what? Crystal Skull photos he might want, so maybe I could bribe him. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he is big in the occult. Oh yeah, oh, that's, yeah he is. Until until they grab him a big fat check to show up for twenty five seconds in Casper. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, so maybe, okay, is there any more, uh, like, uh, movie tips and tricks we should talk about, or, um, I don't know, at what point does this get to rambling? Oh, we always love rambling with you, Ben. Yeah, it's... Oh, thanks. It's, <laughs> like I said, this is kind of a, kind of a disorganized show to begin with, but, uh, uh, yeah, where, where should God, we think about cutting a, this off? That would be a sweet trailer for Ghostbusters. Damn! Yeah, it's um actually uh, actually we should see if anybody will do that. Like maybe Freddie W would do that. You might. Just put it on YouTube and like let them steal it just so it happens, you know. <laughs> I, I would be too too tempted to have somebody in a gorilla costume. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, Neil, no. Do we need to wrap this up time wise, you were saying? Um I suppose we can wrap this up. I like I was saying I I was <laughs> where where should we wrap this up? Should we should we wrap it up now? Yeah, actually now is a good point. I think we got at least 90 minutes of of uh material. Oh, I think we got more than that. But <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is our uh Ben Heck special uh where we talked about independent filmmaking and nerd culture as a whole. Rambling and aimless. This will probably <laughs> go up the maybe the same day as the the Posmos review that we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so basically we want you people out there listening to this. You know, you're going to be hiding in the bushes with the garden hose waiting for the kids to come up, and you should be listening to us. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, and go and go watch the Ben Heck Show on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Ben Heck Show. That sounds right. 
all right, we'll go watch it because I did. And uh, and oh. Ben is a great do-it-yourselfer and uh, engineer, so you should definitely check him out. And you should also check out uh, Jerry Ellsworth and who's the, other, the Longhorn engineer? I think is what his what's, what his name is. Parker Still, Tillman. Yeah. So um, once again, you know this year's Ben with TV's Mr. Neal. And me, I guess. <laughs> and we're saying goodnight. Goodnight. What's the situation, Captain? Microsoft has released a console a year ahead of ours. Shit. Roger, roger. The illustrious Jabba asks why he must pay $60 for a Wii controller. <laughs> I don't know why Xbox Live costs $50. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Ah, Nintendo. We got lots of that. Sony, the more you tighten your grip, the more console sales will slip through your fingers. How do you like my sudden British accent? Use a console gonna cost $600? Viceroy, we've captured the gaming market. Ah, Victoria. Foreman, the CEO of Sony is very disappointed with your apparent lack of manufacturing progress. But he asked the impossible. We need more blue diodes. Now witness the power of this fully armed and operational Xbox Live marketplace. We, if only you knew the power of the next generation. Nintendo never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough, GameCube. He told me you killed him. No, we. Get this. I am your father. We. The PS3 will be strong. Filled with features and have unlimited power! Victory? Xbox 360? No, no victory. Begun the console war has. If we're going to be together, there's something I need out of this relationship. Yes, anything! Frogger, the original arcade version. I want to play it! Of course! The only way you'll be getting that game is by downloading the ROM. But if you do that, boy, ye be a pirate. I need a ROM! Tell me, boy, how far would you go to get this game? I would die for it! It may come to that. Alright! Open up! Don't shoot! Polly! Just been revoked. Very well. I shall help you download a ROM to impress your sexy tomboy beanpole. You've got mail. What is it, Lieutenant? Naughty pirate, sir. Hacking all mainframe. All right, I confess. It is my intention to commandeer one of these computers, log onto the internet, and bit-torrent my bloody brains out. Ah! Your iPod is completely filled with stolen MP3s. If you think I'm buying Justin Timberlake's entire album, you're dead wrong. Fire! And you're caught buying a Netflix account and a stack of blank discs at the same time. Oh, do you the mean of pain? You want pain? <laughs> Try playing a television! You are by far the worst video pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. I've come to negotiate your illegal downloading of music. We've determined to concur to not collaborate with the disposition of your irrevocable patronages. Ergo of the soliloquies at hand. What does that mean? I don't know. My father was not a pirate! He was a bloody pirate, lad. Downloading things off BBSs and copying five in the quarter floppies with the best of them. From the internet that brought you Nigerian widows and Napster. Gentlemen, you will all remember this day as the day you almost discovered my IP address. Comes a whole new breed.
breed of adventure. You think this wise boy trying to stop the pirates? You threaten the music industry. Only a little. Unlike anything you've seen before. I buy nothing. Not a game for my console, nor a song for my stereo. Video pirates of the Caribbean. You'd best start believing in swarms. You're in one. Starring one out of four Americans. Coming this fall. In the toughest city in America. We got a shooting at 50 Broadway. All units respond. An evil crime boss consumed with greed. How many kids have we addicted to crack this week? 52. That's not enough. Find more playgrounds. Is turning the streets red with blood. We're getting eaten alive out here. Send in our best man. But when the city goes to hell, the wave of violence shows no sign of ending. <laughs> One cop goes to work. Who the hell are you, man? It's a me, Mario. Damn it, Mario! That's the fifth squad call you wrecked this week! I've got to clean up the crime! I don't care how good you are, you're off the force! He doesn't play by the rules. You're gonna tell me what I want to know. And you're gonna tell me before you run out the fingers. He makes them. You can't kill me. I work for Crime Boss Koopa. Well, I hope he's giving you death benefits. <laughs> he was once a simple plumber. I'm going to work, honey. Until the day they killed his brother. Luigi, what happened? Mario, I'm a so cold. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dead. Koopa! And now they better bring their wallets. Cause there's gonna be hell to pay. I want his princess dead. Why must you do this, Mario? I didn't start this war. But I'm gonna finish it. Yeah, you can't bring me down. I'm the elected mayor. There's a just a banner recount. From the company that brought you Pokemon and the Virtual Boy. They put the one of ours in the hospital? Comes a gritty crime saga. We put the one of theirs in the morgue. That will leave you breathless. Ah, it's Mario. What's to stop me from blowing your ass away right now? Because I'm covered with dynamite. Oh, shit. Police files, Mario Squad. What the hell's that? Cooper's head in the bucket. They were out of a silver platters. This time, it's personal. It's been four weeks, and I can still smell the heatsink. The hard drive had never been formatted. Xbox 360 was called the console of dreams. And it was. It really was. In a world where everyone wants the newest and best hardware, Xbox 360 will be the grandest console ever built by the hand of man in all history. Yes, but perhaps it is too big? We all know what happened to the 3DO. Rubbish! One man yearns for more. It's a beautiful glowing blue light. Thank you, Wii. You're welcome. Oh, open your heart to me, Jones. You know there's no game I couldn't give you. What about Gran Turismo or Final Fantasy? Okay, well, no Nintendo game. And he'll take the journey of a lifetime to find it. I saw my whole time with the Wii as if I'd already played it. An endless parade of Mario Party games and Zelda spin-offs. I'm gonna jump! The Wii is so shitty! I can't take it anymore! Don't do it. Who are you? Me. I'm the Xbox 360. Tell us the benefits of Xbox Live Silver, Mr. Jones. I hear it's quite good on this console. The best I have seen, ma'am. 
hardly any advertisements. But now that he's found love, what is he going to do with it? Jones, I want you to use me like one of your Japanese consoles playing this game. Playing only this game. I've looked everywhere, Wii. I can't find a Jones. This is absurd. It's the internet. There's only a few million places he could be. Mario, find him. You're trembling, Xbox. Plug your controller into me, Jones. I can smell system failures, you know. When they're coming, bollocks. When this round of Halo ends, I want to party up with you. This is crazy. I know. That's why I trust it. Boy, it's getting hot out here. Oh shit! Call the bridge! Is there anyone there? Yes, what do you see? Ball grid array sort of failure! Right ahead! Thank you. At a cost of a few billion, prepare yourself for the most expensive console line in history. The disc cannot be red? What the hell is going on? The Xbox can keep running with two red lights, but not three. Not three. But this console can't crash. It's made by Microsoft. I assure you, it can. He's got a modded Xbox. That's the master at arms. This is horse shit. I didn't copy that DVD. You know I didn't do it, Xbox. You know me! He couldn't have I want with him the whole time. Perhaps he did it while you were putting your faceplate back on, dear. It's the movie everyone will love until it gets too popular and then they'll hate it. Will the repaired unit be shipped according to gamer score? Oh, shut up. The heat sinks are boiling and there aren't enough fans. Half these people are going to lose their gamer scores. Not the better half. You unimaginably shitty console. Starring Jason Jones. Run, Xbox, run! I hope you enjoy your online together! A Nintendo Wii. Next-gen consoles only. Wii, stop right there! I have a motion control. I have a motion control! Please, it's all I have in the world. All right, climb aboard. And a cardboard box of fate. You've got to live on Jones. You're gonna find a new Xbox and earn lots of achievements. No, not without you. Being rushed to market was the best thing that ever happened to me, Jones, because it brought me to you. Xtanic. I'll never let go, Xbox. I'll never let go. Coming this summer, or maybe Christmas. Clark, that's a waterfall. Yes, Lewis, I know. That means the river is going to end. Yes, Lewis, I know. In a world where Hollywood won't stop until every video game, even educational ones, is made into a movie. Lewis and Clark, thank you for coming. We've just received word that a group of aliens have invaded a new state on West called Oregon. If we captured their technology, it might help us win World War II. Indeed, but only if we beat the Russians to it first. Comes yet another movie based off a video game. Welcome to Matt's General Store. We can fix you up with a team of oxen, perhaps some clothes. Bullets. All we need are bullets. Starring Will Smith as Lewis. It's been three days now. Too bad we didn't bring any, oh, I don't know, food with us. That's what the 2,000 bullets are for. You know damn well you can't carry all that back to the wagon. Kevin Klein as Clark. I've been bitten by another traveler. Soon I'll have dysentery just like them. When that time comes, will you... Do something for me? Yes, Clark, I'll shoot you. I was going to say stop the wagon long enough for me to take a dump. And Jennifer Lopez as Sacagawea. How can we get across this river if we can't afford to pay for the ferry? I can help form of a coin! It's a classic story with all of the historical accuracy you'd expect out of Hollywood. 
I'm Benjamin Franklin, inventor of the airplane. President Taft sent me to help you cross the Alps before the French attack. We've had enough, man. Pesky flies all day, mosquitoes all night. Someone back home was wondering, why don't he ride? This summer, follow the trail to adventure. All right, all right, just calm down. We just lost exactly 318 bullets and you're telling me to be calm? The trail to romance. Sacagawea, I have dysentery. Before I take a major dump, I want you to know that I love you. I will get you to the coast, no matter how meager the Russians are grueling the pace. He's a trail to Oregon. Look at this tombstone. He was the last survivor of his party, and then he died. And who the hell buried him? That's a very good question. Oregon Trail, the movie. We're almost there, and you won't trade us an ox for three sets of clothing? This is madness. Madness? This is Oregon! Coming soon to an elementary school near you. Next week on Police Files Mario Squad. What have we got? Another PS3 shooting. Looks like they wanted that system pretty bad. Another weapon? From the entry wound, I'd say a Wiimote. Thrown pretty hard. The strap must have broken before the guy even knew it. I'm on the case. Damn it, Mario. Who the hell do you think you are? It's me, Mario. I'm not giving you five grand to go buy a PS3 on eBay. But I've forgotten no leads. Just bet no pay. Honey, it's 2 a.m. and you're still on the computer? I'm going to find the killer, even if I have to buy every PS3 on eBay. Mario vows to bring a murderer to justice. Hello? Dude, I like need the cash for my PS3 auction. I'll be right over. No matter how many people he has to kill along the way. Hello? Dude? That's a one down. A 400,000 left to go. The odds are stacked against him. Mario, honey, the district attorney will see you now. We have the suspect in custody, but now thanks to your sloppy police work, he's free on bail. If I can't bring him in by the books, I'll bring him in in a body bag. Oh, no, you don't, Mario. Turn in your gun and shield. You're off the force. Again. This ain't over. And while his dreams have all dried up. How are we going to pay the mortgage, Mario? How are we going to pay for my baby? You're a pregnant? Shit! He still thirsts for justice. The law turned its back on me, so I'm gonna turn him back on the law. <laughs> Will Mario find the killer? You forgot we, but no remote. Uh, what gives? Uh, I lost it. Not a good enough. <laughs> Don't miss the season finale of Police Files Mario Squad. Welcome to the Mario Party. Bitch. I've been sitting here at the altar, waiting in the rain for hours. Where is my deadbeat future husband? He's just been arrested for downloading ROMs, miss. In fact, for some reason, I think we should arrest you too. No! Here they are, sir. Court red ended. Name running. Commander Regimus! I've come to tell you that we now offer legal downloads of games you already bought ten years ago for more than they'd cost used on eBay. And you dare call us pirates! But one game has eluded us. The NES version of Hellraiser. Find it for me and I shall spare you the gallows. It does not exist! For your sakes, you'd better hope that it does. In a world where the age of piracy is ending... It's a fool's errand. That Rom has been lost for ages. True, and considering that I am completely incompetent, we're going to need some help. Only one man can make sure 
that it doesn't. Very well. I shall help you download yet another ROM to once again save your sexy tomboy beanpole. If you crave drama, you owe me a ROM. Well, I'm sorry I didn't put more of my files up on BitTorrent. Find me 100 games or your PC is mine. Go ahead, it's a piece of shit anyway. If you love suspense, I shall dress up as a man to sneak aboard the ship. Oh, I thought you had already. Ow! And if you like action, what in the bugger is going on? We are sword fighting in a giant wheel. Oh, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Then this movie isn't for you. How do we find this realm? It's quite easy, actually. We must simply visit an island of cannibals for no apparent reason, roll down a hill in a giant hamster ball, make a dress float around a ship, and then find the URL of the best ROM site on the internet. What a bunch of horseshit! Don't blame me, love. I just work here. Why are the ROMs gone? The only way for you to get them now is with the virtual console. Tell me, how many times do you expect people to pay for the same bloody game? 8,094,316 times each. I was afraid of that. From the internet that brought you pump and dump stock scam spam and all 5,000 updates to QuickTime. Who are you? I am the CEO of Color Dreams. You'll never get the Hellraiser ROM while I'm still alive. And I must make you dead! Comes the movie event of a lifetime. Until the next movie event of a lifetime comes out. Look, there's a word written in flames on the deck of our ship. Well, we should obviously go there. Video Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Dead ROM site. What have ye done with me, ROMs? Coming this summer. The usage of Napster, Morpheus, and Kazaa. Suspended. The ability to take your hacked Xbox 360 online. Suspended. I arry, arry over here. They're ostling all these ear hooligans into the hangman's noose. Fair use. Suspended. They've finally done it. They've officially outlawed fun. In a world where it's harder than ever to be a pirate. We must go to a country where all media is pirated. Welcome to China. Would you like a copy of Indiana Jones 4? But that's not even been filmed yet. We have it anyway. Whoever controls the BitTorrents controls the web. The final battle begins to make the internet free once more. Very well! You have saved me from Microsoft's digital locker. Therefore, I shall help you download one final ROM to, once again and hopefully for the last time, save your sexy tomboy bean pole. Somewhere in this country, there's a girl with the HD DVD encryption tattooed on her arm. That is the pirate code. We must find her before the East Indian recording artists do. Look, it's the bad guy from the first movie. I'll help ye find the girl, because apparently I'm good now. Now they must venture to the far corners of the internet. If you tell me where the girl is, I'll give you this software, which I assure you is genuine. Then why is the install code written on the disc with magic marker? That's a very good question. And join forces with the video pirate lords to win. Since the dawn of the internet, there's never been a king of the ROM sites because everyone always votes for themselves. I will vote for you. Steve Jobs, what are you doing here? I have seen the evils of DRM firsthand. I wish to join you in your quest. Very well. Grab a stack of blank discs and climb aboard. What news from Los Angeles, Lord Regis? What does Jack Valenti command? We have colleges to sue. If you like downloads, I am dying. Sexy tomboy bean pole, I bequeath to you my computer. Upload the HD hex codes and save. Internet!
Your death will not be in vain! If you hate copy protection, I will sacrifice my Xbox to save you! But then you will only be able to log on to Xbox Live and play with me every ten years! Then this is the movie for you. My ROMs have all been erased. There's nothing we can do. We can bring back your ROMs from the dead using the Norton Disruptor. I'm a lawyer for the RIAA. Oh, this should be easy. And these are my associates. Oh, my God. Video Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at Downloads End. Let's see. If you were legally able to play this ROM on an emulator, type OK. But you don't own that original hardware. Pirates. Clogging up theaters this summer. Next week on a very special Police Files Mario Squad. We have some new information. This is Luigi's real killer. What about the other guy? Yeah, apparently he had nothing to do with it now. Sorry for the years of torment and complete change to your character arc. I'm gonna get my revenge! Five years after his brother's death, a new lead takes Mario down a dark path. He's a black plumbing outfit. Where'd it come from? The power. Feels good. We got a disturbance at the old nitroglycerin plant. It looks like the guy who killed Mario's brother. I hope he's listening. It's a showtime. And just when things are looking better. Hey, look, guys. It's that Mario cop guy. Watch out, the punks. I've got the black suit now. Is it bulletproof, dude? <laughs> I'm a dying. They take a turn for the worse. Ma'am, it appears your husband sustained 3,000 gunshot wounds to his body. Is that bad? I'm afraid so. What a shame. He was a darn good cop. We can rebuild him. Faster. Better. More Italian. Do what must be done. But now, from the ashes of death... Mario, can you hear me? Yes, our master. A new hero will... Rise. It's a big robo a Mario a cop. Damn it, Mario. How many times have I told you not to get killed in the line of duty and rebuilt into a robotic police officer? 3.8 times. You screw up just this much, and I'll have you recycled into a machine that makes rubber dog shit in Hong Kong. He's half machine. Hey, kid, wanna buy a pirated copy of Manhunt 2? That game is rated M for a mature slimeball. Mario? No. No. We killed you! I uh, had an extra life. <laughs> If you hadn't blown off that guy's face right in front of me, I might have ended up playing Manhunt! Half plumber. Pipes of these clogged are a federal offense, man. I, I didn't know! You can think about it in the slapper. All cop. Your CPU's writing checks your new body can't cash. That's it. You're off the force. For good! You realize, of course, that I'm just going to go solve a crime anyway. Hell, I know. But this way I don't have to pay you for it. And even though now he has a body of steel, my kitten is stuck in that tree. Stand back. Thank you, Robo Mario. I stay in school. He still has a heart of gold. We're canceling the Robo Mario Cop program because he incorporates rumble motors that aren't licensed by immersion. You're not shutting me down. This is madness. Madness? This is Patton Law! Don't miss the season finale. That won't make a lick of sense, yet you'll keep watching anyway. Why can you call me here, Mario? We have to go back to the island. Police Files Robo Mario Cop. Mario, you're so cold ever since you became a robot. I still have what it takes. Oh, Mario. Coming soon to a television near you. 
What news from Rome, my henchman? Lord Herod, I have heard that a child shall be born who will become king of the Jews. That's my job. What is your command, master? Kill all the babies. From the director of Passion of the Christ and the man without a face. Joseph, I am an angel of the Lord sent by the Vatican to save your wife's baby. But Mary's not pregnant. She is now. It's not safe in wherever you live. What should we do? Get your ass to Bethlehem. Comes the most beloved story of all time. Herod, this man was caught sneaking out of Jerusalem. Please, kind sir, I must join my three wise brethren on their quest. You're on your way to a baby shower. Where is it? I'll never talk. Oh, yes, you will. Torture him. In a little town called Bethlehem. Are there any more rooms at this inn? Oh, gee, I, I don't know. We're, we're pretty full. I mean, it's it's Christmas and all. But, sir, I need a place to have this baby. Well, one of the donkeys died this morning, so I guess there's room in the manger? What? No crib for a bed? All hell is about to break loose. The wise man talked. Before he died, he said a star would lead us to the child. But which one? There are hundreds. Torture me, an astrologer. Follow that star! He's beautiful. What should we call him? Name him Jesus. Now it's a race against time to make sure that the first Noel... The mangers are strong, my lord. Their foundations go deep. Burn them all down. Isn't the last. Get down! The baby stopped the bullets. He's beginning to believe. We've checked every manger in town. Where is he? Sorry, sir. I'm doing my best. Your incompetence displeases me. Torture yourself. Very well. Freedom! This Christmas, take your entire family to the motion picture event of a lifetime. Kill him, master. He's within your reach. I can't do it. I am not a monster. But I am. No! Pushed your own henchman off a cliff. Why? I've had a change of heart. Your son has taught me that there's more to life than just torture and killing. He's not my son. Mel Gibson's The Nativity Story. My son just died on the cross. He'll be back. That's right. Coming soon to theaters and 27 different DVD editions. <laughs>